Radio, I'm the internet icon, the pride of the pilgrims, the most handsome man in all of podcasting, Jackie Jones, along with my partner's not here tonight, but I'm joined by a pro wrestling legend, multiple time tag team champion, Tony Gurria. It's very good to have you here. It's good to be here. Excellent. So I was just mentioning, I'm up in Massachusetts, very cold, and uh, I assume. Where you are, it's very warm. Yeah, it's about uh, 82 degrees down here. Hmm. Yeah, raining. And I'm in, so I'm in um, Massachusetts. I'm on Cape Cod. Uh, I assume oh, you yeah. have some memories uh, of their wrestling for WWF. Yes, we spent quite a bit of time in the early 70s up uh, in Massachusetts around, um, for, well, uh, oh, I was going to say Fort Lauderdale, but it wasn't. And I've forgotten the name of the town. We used to be there every Friday night. It'll come to me. Uh, but uh, we were in uh, Taunton and Fall River and Brockton and Worcester and, of course, Boston. Mm -hmm. Boston was once a month. I think Worcester was every three weeks, if I remember rightly. So i got quite a few memories of... Uh, being up there in uh, Massachusetts and in the winter too, dri driving through the snow and the ice and sliding down the, uh, down the Massachusetts turnpike. It was quite comical, really. Yeah. So, you know, you're from uh, New Zealand, if people don't know. Like, um, yeah, correct, yeah. So uh, growing up in New Zealand, I don't, you know, I don't know, was wrestling big on TV in, in that era? No, not at the time that I started. I, I believe I had my first match in 1969 
around August, and uh, you know we only used to wrestle for a certain amount of time, and uh, you know we might have wrestled like six times a year, and uh, it wasn't on uh, TV at that time. But after I left, it got very big, and it was the number one rated uh, TV. Uh, show in New Zealand. It came on right after the news. So did they did they show local? Did they show wrestling from New Zealand, or were they showing wrestling from the United States? No, it was New Zealand uh, wrestling. They had guys like uh, well, uh, uh, Mark Lewin, uh, mm -hmm. King Curtis, uh, Don Morocco was down there. My my partner uh, Rick Martel, he was there before we you know, partnered up and, uh, and a host of other American wrestlers there. But they had wrestling in Australia too. And that was promoted by Jim Barnett for years. Mm -hmm. And, um, they took, uh, top name wrestlers from America, you know, down to do six months or a year in, uh, Australia. That was Back in the late 60s, uh, up into the early 70s, I believe. Wow. So um, at, at that time, was, was wrestling something hard to break into? Like, you know, if this is something you want to pursue, how did you go about doing it? Well, actually, uh, yeah, well, actually I, um, I, was, uh, I was playing rugby. That was my... Uh, of choice and uh, there were a couple of uh, uh, pro wrestlers you know on the same uh, team as me and they asked me if I'd be interested uh, you know in pursuing professional wrestling you know so I said sure you know like there was an extra couple of bucks in it because playing uh, rugby back then it was a strictly amateur you only did it for the social activity and uh, I started, you know, working out with them. And then, uh, like I say, I had my first match. I believe it was August of 1969, the beginning of August. And we wrestled, uh, you know, about half a dozen times a year. And then the following year I wrestled. And then I think in 1971, Jim Barnett in Australia was looking for somebody to come over and the promoter in New Zealand asked me if I'd be interested. So I said, sure. You know, so I went over for eight weeks and then I went back again for 12. And then, uh, Jim Barnett asked me if I'd be interested in coming to the States. And I said, sure. So the actual idea was that I come here for a year and that was mm -hmm. in 1972. Right. So it turned out for a little bit longer than a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit, you know. Um, and I had my first match in Orlando, Florida, which is only like 65 miles from where I am right now. And uh, uh, on January 20th, uh, 1972. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was so the start. Yeah, how different was it, you know, going to the to the states? I assume you hadn't been there before. Uh, you know, a relatively young guy uh, uh, traveling now in, in in wrestling promotions in the United States. 
Yeah, well, it it, it wasn't so much a shock as, a, you know, it was different than what I expected. You know, we had a, a, a way of wrestling back in New Zealand mm-hmm. that was similar to here, but we didn't have the psychology that they had over here. And uh, it didn't take me long, you know, to catch on, but I had help with uh, Jack Briscoe, who uh, helped me quite a bit, you know, explaining the psychology of of the matches. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was down here in Florida for seven months, and, uh, well, the idea was to make some money, and uh, I wasn't making, you know, a whole lot of money. And I was only going to be here for a year. So I talked to Eddie Graham at, uh, how can I put it now? There was a wrestler named Tony Marino that from uh, up in uh, New York and Buffalo. And I asked Eddie, at his suggestion, you know, I asked Eddie about going to New York. And he, uh, he says, I'll give Vince McMahon a call, senior, you know. Mm-hmm. And about three weeks went by, and I walked into the office. I said, Eddie, did uh, you hear back from Vince? He said, oh, no, let me give him a call right now. Called him right in front of me and, and got me booked, you know. And uh, I had my first television in Philadelphia in uh, September 20th, 1972. Wow. So what, what was your first meeting with uh, Vince McMahon Sr. like? Well, that was in 1972 at the TV. I never met him till then. I had no idea who he was, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just going up there for, like you might say, a job, you know, flying mm-hmm. for a job. And the first match on television I had with Davey O'Hannon. Uh, and um, I wasn't too happy with it. It wasn't his fault, you know, probably more f- my fault with my inexperience. And uh, I said, oh, boy. But the next two matches went pretty good. We'd done three matches. And then we moved on to Hamburg, and uh, I'd done another three there. So what Vince used to do, he'd bring guys in, and they'd do like 12 weeks of television. So the fans would would know who they were when they got to the arenas, you know. Mm -hmm. It was quite scary. My first match was in... uh, uh, Patterson, New Jersey against Joe Turco. And I walked out, you know, and they announced me and the, everybody cheered. I thought, holy Christ, <laughs> <laughs> who are they cheering for, you know? Uh-huh. But then, then I used to get, I used to get compliments that uh, I looked like Jack Briscoe, or they thought I was Jack Briscoe. Of course, nowhere near the talent that Jack had at that time, you know? But he was a big help to me. So uh, you you know you mentioned psychology. I know you were only in business for a little bit a uh, period of time. But how different was the psychology wrestling for WWF as opposed to when you were in uh, Florida? Yeah, well, it, it was pre- it was pretty much uh, the same, uh, except uh, they done a little more wrestling down in Florida than they did in New York because the the guys were kind of bigger in New York and um, 
so they didn't have the you know the technical they didn't do the technical wrestling that they did down in Florida. Of course, Eddie down in Florida he insisted on that um, technical type of professional mm-hmm. wrestling. But I kind of blended in what, what what I did when I got there, and 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 that was you know thanks to Jack Briscoe again was was you know take my opponent you know and uh, make him look good you know and di- do what he did best you know can you follow me you know to make yeah. him shine yeah. yeah and then and then this way you know instead of uh you, you know butting heads you know you had a uh a decent match and he entertained the the people that paid to see it. Yeah. I would assume, you know, in some place like WWF, that would be needed because they, they did use a lot of like uh, character wrestlers, like uh, missing link yeah. and George animal steel who, you know, talented guys, but they're also, you know, a character mm-hmm. who, you know, more based on uh, their appearance and what they're doing as opposed to the actual wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, George, uh, I wrestle uh, George the Animal Steel many, many times, you know. And, of course, he's not going to adapt to my style. And I know that. And I didn't ask him, you know. But he, uh, I just w- w- watched him and, uh, you know, when he was wrestling other guys to see what he, he did. And then when it was my turn to wrestle him at a later date, I knew what he did. And I was able to uh, capitalize on that, and uh, and hopefully uh, have a match that the crowd enjoyed. Right. You know, with me being a babyface all my life, you know, I I had to go for the sympathy. So mm-hmm. it was uh, right up my alley to let him beat the crap out of me. <laughs> Were there any guys that that was hard with, like uh, to hard to hard to get a match out of? No, actually, uh, m- most of them, you know, uh, uh, were pretty uh, pretty good. You know, like we had the likes of you know Johnny Rods and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Miguel Cicluna, you know, that were established up there, and they were there regular, you know, and they were basically there to make you know guys like me, you know, look good, but. In order for me to look good, I had to make them look good too, which wasn't right. a problem. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I had some great matches with Johnny and uh, and Cicluna. Mm-hmm. Did they? Yeah, did, you know, just, yeah, just sorry. too. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering, um, did they ever like pitch any like outlandish gimmicks for you? You know, to play off of you being from New Zealand? No, no, there was nothing there. I was just. Uh, you know, Vince, uh, Vince, uh, senior, you know, he came up when he hooked me up with, um, with haystacks mm-hmm. and, um, they wanted to finish and, uh, actually uh, Vince senior came up and the idea, you know, was for me to give haystacks the tag and he'd come in and, uh, he'd do his bit, you know, when it was time, you know, for the finish and then. The guy was on the mat, and then uh, I think I came in, and I either threw stacks into the ropes, and he came off and gave him the big splash, and then I stood up on his back, you know, with the peace sign up, 
mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was Vince um, Senior's idea, you know. And the people mm-hmm. loved it, and Vince loved it, and it got over. Actually, that that tag, I believe, tagging up with um, with Haystacks is what you know gave me a push. Mm-hmm. You know, we worked against. Fuji and Tanaka, and Fuji was a big help to me too. And uh, and then when Haystacks was gone, they brought Dean Ho in, you know. And then we went with Fuji and Tanaka for you know quite a while, about mm-hmm. eighteen months, I think. Uh, I don't but think. I, um, do you think Dean Ho? Like, I don't really know a lot about Dean Ho. I know the name, and yeah. uh, but he seems like a guy that that's a little bit lost in. Um, in history, because, you know, all these other names, you know, all wrestling yeah. fans know me, Mr. Fuji. You know, like, yeah, well, he, he, he had a few years on him when he when he came in with me, you know, but uh, he was a good guy. We got, we got on really well, and he, he was uh, like a bodybuilder out in Hawaii, and he had tremendous strength with uh, press behind neck. I think, I think he could do 300 pounds. Oh, wow. You know, he was... Uh, he, he was a very placid guy, you know, he was always smiling and ha, ha, ha. It'll be all right, brother, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. There was no no aggressiveness in him at all, unless it need, needed to, you know, which mm-hmm. I'd never seen it. But uh, I wouldn't have messed with him. <laughs> <laughs> what was Haystacks like uh, outside of the ring, Haystacks Calhoun? Yeah, he was a, he was a good guy. He was an easygoing, you know, boy from the south. I think he was from uh, New Mexico, and uh, just the easy guy, going guy, you know. And he was, uh, you know, very cordial to the fans and you know the people because there's this big guy in overalls, you know, weighing four or five hundred pounds, you know, wandering around. He kind of stuck out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Fuji and, and Tanaka. Um, Fuji's mm-hmm. notorious is uh, legendary for a lot of ribs. Did he ever play any ribs on you? No, no. Well, not really bad ones. I mean, uh-huh. we were down in Atlanta, and he was there. He said, "He says, Tony. He says, when you come to TV, you got to get dressed up, you know." So I, I put my three-piece suit on, and actually, I was going up to Philadelphia after television in Atlanta. And because nobody else was dressed, and I walked, I walked in, you know, like the uh, CEO of uh, Turner Network, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I was way out of place. But it didn't bother me too much. But uh, he didn't do anything that was, um, you know, out of line with me. Right, right. Yeah. Would you say yeah. he did that mostly to people that, uh, not only say deserved it, but weren't necessarily, you know, good to him, I guess? Yeah, I I think if somebody kind of, you know, was a loud mouth or, you know, uh, just a little cocky, you know, then he'd bring him down a bit. But also he got his friends really good, you know, like he had things like he jacked the car up, mm-hmm. put blocks under it, you know. So when you got in your car after the show, you know, he started it and put it in gear. It never went anywhere because <laughs> it would be three inches. The tires would be three inches off the ro- off the ground. 
Did anyone like really take, did anyone ever take any of those ribs like really, uh, you know, badly and, and try to, uh, you know, do something to Fuji? No. No? All right. No, I, I, I haven't heard of anybody that, you know, did that. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think one time in, uh, in LA, I heard the story that they were going to San Bernardino, which is about 45 miles from where they were. Or thereabouts. So this guy came into the territory, and he was new, and he said, "Oh, where are we going uh, tomorrow?" You know, and they said, "We're going to San Bernardino. What time do we have to leave? Are oh, we going to leave nine o'clock in the morning?" <laughs> so, so they left like nine in the morning, and you know, it, it was a rib. You know, like if I was doing the rib, I'd have to, you know, go through this uh, seven hours of driving. You know. Mm-hmm. So they kind of drove down, hypothetically, down to San Diego, then across to um, that place, uh, Springs, where all the uh, all the all the rich people hang out, and then go the back way and come into San Bernardino. And of course, after after the show, you know, you're going to drive home, so you're going to want to have some refreshments and some food, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, this guy mentioned, uh, you know, well, we're going to get some refreshments and get some food to get home. Yeah. So, you know, he was buying all this stuff for the seven hour drive home and he was home in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> who are some of the guys, you, who are some of the guys you traveled with during the, that period? Well, when I was at the, in the seventies, uh, uh, God. Oh, there was uh, Rick, Rick McGraw. I traveled with him. I tra- of course, I traveled with Larry. S.D. Jones. You know, uh, there was a, a Jack Evans. You know, because, you know, when we traveled to save a little money, we didn't travel by ourselves. It, you know, if we could get four in a car and then you paid the driver trans, I think it started at two cents a mile and I think it ended at four cents, you know, in the early eighties because the price of gas. So, but everybody took a turn at driving, you know, and kind of get the same four guys, you know, in the car going to the same town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned traveling with uh, Larry. How, how did your team come about with Larry Zabisco? Yeah. Well, when Larry came in, he never had a place to stay or anything. So I, I, I said to him, I said, Larry, if you want, you can stay with me. I lived in West Haven, Connecticut at the time, and, uh, you know, I got an extra room, and uh, and then we can find you a place. So that's that's what he did, you know, and like, you know, Larry had just started in the business, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, and then we traveled together, and then he needed to get a car, and I, I found uh, uh, a dealership to get him a, I think he, he got a, Oldsmobile 88, I think that was his first car. And and we traveled and we worked out together and yeah, it went well. And I still see him now and again. Hmm. Yeah, I've had Larry on the show lot. many times over the years. Uh, I, I I think he's always a very fun guy to talk with. 
Um, were you so? Yeah. Did he have like heat at the time backstage, like with people? Because you know he has the big uh, build up with Bruno San Martino, and then you know the, mm. the Shea Stadium match, and then uh, he's out of the WWE, you know, and doesn't come back. Yeah, I I I don't know. I was away uh, at that time, and then I came back, and then we had a little angle, and we worked we walked you know worked around. He he was a heel by now, you know, after he worked with Bruno, and I was quite comfortable with it. And uh, I don't know, I never like Larry had his way, and and that was it. You know, he he didn't do, harm me in any way. He helped me if anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Some guys might have might might have had a little bit of problem with him. I don't know. I never heard of anything. But you know, in the in the business back then, there used to be a little animosity of uh, somebody getting a push, and this guy's not mm-hmm. getting a push. But you know, that's life. You know, if you're not happy, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. So at the time, would you wrestle for other um, territories? You wouldn't be in WWF the entire time? No, I was uh, with the WWF. Okay, I came here in Florida in March, and I left in uh, October, I believe. And then I stayed there till, uh, let me see, I think 1975, around July. And then I went to... Atlanta, and I was there for about six months, and things weren't working out there. And then I went out to San Francisco, and I stayed there for a year. I worked for Roach. He was there. I think. I think Tanaka was there. No, Sato. And um, and Roach has. You know, he was a promoter, and he, uh, you know, he watched all the matches, and if he wasn't satisfied with something, he'd let you know. And then I came back in uh, 77, beginning of eight, in New York, uh, until, I think, 79. That I came back to New York, and then... Mm-hmm finished up wrestling in New York and walked backstage after that. Um, you know, I always hear a lot about uh, the San Francisco uh, territory, but I, from my understanding, there's not a lot of footage uh, from there because there's like so many, you know, talented people went through it. Yeah, well, well, that was the place to go. If you went to San Francisco, you could pretty much, you know, get booked anywhere uh, in the country. That was the uh, the word there, but you know, Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson were there for years. Chief Peter Maivia, he was there. Uh, Rocky Johnson, you know, they had a, a, of course, Ray Stevens, you know, who I consider probably the best heel in the business. He just he was a natural. Mm-hmm. What, you know, when I watch um, like Pat Patterson matches of that era, uh, especially yeah. like in the, in the WWE, uh, to me it really, um, it's a, it's a really different style. I think he's but before his day, 
because I think that's more the style that you know became in the eighties and beyond. It was he did more uh, bumps. He moved around. You know, mm -hmm. it was just a different style. Uh, was I? I haven't seen a lot of uh, of Ray Stevens. Was he similar? Uh, no, it, it's kind of no. Ray didn't fly it as much as much as Pat. Ray flew, mm -hmm. you know, when he had to. And like it, it meant something that their styles were similar, but you know, Ray was was back a gear, you know. Mm -hmm. If if you can understand what I'm trying to say, and yeah. Pat, you know, Pat was baboom, 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 you know, and Ray was baboom. All right, you know. Now I I need a bit of a break, you know. But I I worked with Ray quite a few times when he came to New York, and I loved it. You know, it, it was so e it was easy, you know, and it was uh, it was believable. He was very believable. And I worked a tag team with him out in San Francisco too. And I suggested some stuff to him, you know, that I did with Pat. And he kind of shot me down, you know. He said, oh, no, you don't want to do that. And I kind of think, I wonder why, because Pat does it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it tweaked. <laughs> it was a le learning process for me. Um, well, how about working with Pat Patterson, you know, teaming with Patterson? Uh, what, what did you think of him? And uh, you've been around him for for decades, I guess, you know, in and out of the ring. Uh, what's he like as a person? Yeah. Oh, Pat is always up for a joke or, you know, uh -huh. and he, he likes to have a drink or two after the show, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. he, was, he was around. He, he was fun, you know. And even in... You know, in the uh, in the ring, I I was tag team partners with the Mountains, San Francisco, and uh, you know it was a pleasure working with him. But but Roy had a program that he wanted, like you know, he wanted you know, this 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 this, and that's what he wanted to see. And as long as you gave, you know, it was spots and pulse finishes. You had to have you know, more than one false finish in. And, and of course, Pat, Pat was there for years, so I'm just looking at Pat and following him, you know, and it was fine. Learning process for me. Uh, and Don Morocco was there, and you mentioned he was also in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, do you think yeah. he was a guy that, um, you know, could have been like a top guy or could have been the top guy in the WWF at one point? Oh, yes, definitely. You know, Don looked the part, and, uh, you know, I, I wrestled him many times, too. And, um, and he could, of course, the big thing, Don could speak, too. Yeah. You know, he's put on the mic, and, and that seems to be, you know, almost 60% of it today, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Being able to, you know, wrap all that off but he was friends with king curtis and he learned a lot from curtis too because over there in new zealand i believe he wrestled curtis you know and when he came here to new york he was a heel of course he was a little beach but he was uh very talented yeah 
All right. Yeah. I, uh, sorry. My power went out. I know I have a, a storm outside. I didn't think it was uh, quite that bad, but apparently it is. <laughs> but I have it all. So I have everything we, we recorded up to this point saved. So that's, that's, that's good. All right. So I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what we were talking about at the time. I think we're talking about Don Morocco being in New Zealand and, uh, right. Working with, uh, with King Curtis, and then when Don came over here, because he was a heel, so he had a lot of of that, you know, that brush, you know, rubbed off on him. Mm-hmm. And Curtis being from Hawaii too, you know, so they were. I think they knew each other over there previous. Yeah. Uh, what What was uh, King Curtis like, by the way? Uh, like his, I don't know much about him besides you know uh, him on on air, his character. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he, he he was one heck of a talent, you know. And uh, um, I met him in Australia, nineteen seventy-one, when I first went over there, you know. And I really didn't know anybody, you know. And uh, he was there, and you know, one of the boys, you know, he liked to he liked to party and have fun, you know. And uh, I think he I think he married a New Zealand girl actually, and. Really? Um, yeah, I took her back to Hawaii with him, you know. But he was a heck of a day. He could speak, you know. Mm-hmm. That was his gift, you know. Yeah. And of course, you know, he, he'd bleed almost every night. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Lewin had an all ongoing feud uh, in Australia. They drew a lot of money. Because basically... And it yeah. wasn't the, uh, you know, the up and down high spot wrestling, you know, it was psychology. What did you think of that kind of wrestling? You know, I guess now people would call it hardcore wrestling, the, uh, the, blood, yeah. the, the bloody matches. Yeah, no, I, w- I wasn't too keen, you know, on, on the bloody matches. It, you know, especially when I was, you know, on tour there and I'd see it, you know, three or four times a week, you know. I mean, if it was necessary, you know, but uh, I guess they felt it was. I wasn't uh, into that. I think uh, I only bled about three times, you know. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever do much with Kevin Sullivan, you know, because he did a lot with uh, with both those guys, you know, in Florida and other yeah. places? No, no. As a matter of fact, Kevin came up. He was from Massachusetts and yeah. came to uh, a show, and he was uh, wrestling me. And I think he was a babyface, and I was too. And um, and we had quite a match. You know, we we didn't meet. That's the first time we met. You know, and it was like, all right, Tony, you're wrestling Kevin. I said, okay. And uh, as a matter of fact, I seen him at Cauliflower Alley a couple of years ago, and he said, "Do you remember the match we had in Massachusetts?" I said, "Yeah." And uh, you know, it must have impressed him, you know. But I thought I thought it was a good match. You know, it was a a babyface match. You know, mm-hmm. straight match. So there were a lot of high spots and false finishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he remembered it. So, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just to say, a lot of people in the chat here has uh, have mentioned uh, Rick Martell. So, uh, yeah, just wondering how you know how that that team formed, and what, in your opinion, what what makes a good tag team? Well, I 
I think with partners, you know, working as a team, uh, if you got one partner, you know, wanting to, you know, shine and say, you know, it's all about me, then it's not going anywhere, you know. With me, I think with all my uh, 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 tag team partners and everything, I, I just wanted, the, you know, the team, you know, like we had jobs to do. But the thing with Rick, um, you know, we got to the point we didn't even have to talk, you know. We just, like, look at each other and, you know, okay, this is what what we need to do next. And uh, I think that's what made it, you know, and we had a similar, a similar style. He was a little bit more, I could say, I don't know if flamboyant is the right word than me, but then I was 10 years older than him too, so it was time for me to slow down a little. But, you know, we really had a good time and we kind of adopted each other as brothers. You know, he'd lost his brother who was the same age as me a few years before I met him. Oh, know. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I think I, you know, might have pulled that void for him. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was nothing, well, I'm better than you, you're better than me, nothing. No, we just go and we have the match. This is, you know, we'll format it, and then we'll go in, and we'll have it. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And, and we've done quite well. Uh, what were what was like uh, with Rick Martel wrestling the Samoans like? Oh, that was a great. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, things so so out in the open now to what they were, but right. Okay, I was uh, Rick had just come from uh, Hawaii and he was working. Uh, he was a booker there with Peter Maivia, uh You know, Rocky's. Uh, Rocky's um, uncle, grandfather. Uh, grandfather, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rick was working there as Booker, you know, and, you know, things are tough, you know, to get things going there, you know. And anyway, he left, and, uh, and I'm not sure if it was, uh, you know, I got the feeling. So anyway, we're in Philadelphia and we're going to wrestle the Samoans for the first time and Gorilla Monsoon was the agent. He said, okay, you guys are, you know, wrestling each other. And uh, so I'm talking with the Samoans, you know, and nobody's saying much. We just uh, I said, okay, guys. I said, there's two ways of having this match. There's an easy way and a hard way. And I said, I don't know about you guys, but I like to do it easy, mm, you know. So then uh, I said, here's my suggestion, you know. So I gave it to them, you know, and they said, yeah, brother, yeah, brother. Yeah, that's all right. So Rick and I didn't know what we were coming. You know, these guys were monsters, you know. But I, but they went for the, you know, scenario I gave them, and we had a, you know, a hell of a match, I thought. Actually, they came in and they think they said, brother, we didn't know it could be that easy. You know, so so it worked out uh, pretty good. And, you know, the Samoan, people talk about the Samoans, the Samoan, you know, and I see them and we hug each other when I see them, you know, uh, you know, two or three times a year. Oh, and, we're back. Um, 
Well, yeah. Uh, my yeah, I lost the uh, power again briefly, but apparently uh, it reconnected. Okay, so we're here. We're, we're... Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, we're talking about the, the Samoans. I don't know how much you got of me there, but uh, you know, we had a match and uh, and it was good, and the people responded well. But you hear about the Samoans, the Samoans, Samoans. You know, they 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 worked hard, and we worked hard, and we got them over to their position, and they got us over, you know, to our position, and and that was just with nobody being greedy or you know thinking that they were, you know, you know, important. Mm-hmm. When you started That's that, you great. mentioned that. Um you know, wrestling, things are a lot more open today than like they would have been, you know, back then. Yeah. Was that ever, was that hard for you to deal with as a professional wrestler when, uh, when, when wrestling became more yeah. open as to what it, what it is and, you know, fans started to yeah. know more about it? Yeah, it was a little hard, you know, like I'm a bloody old timer now, you know, like the old timers that I knew, they're not around anymore, you know, and of course you couldn't, uh, like back in the seventies, you never, rode with a heel, you know, the baby faces mm-hmm. rode together and the heels rode together and, and all that. So, so when Vince came out and, uh, you know, exposed it, so, you know, it was like, holy shit, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. you know, as entertainment, you know, but cause now as good athletes as everybody is that's out there, I, I call them bloody stump fests, you know, because they go out there and have a match that's in their head and they're not listening to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to listen with the people. I give you, for instance, I worked with Rashke after Bruno lost the belt to uh, Superstar in Baltimore. And I was in the ring before Bruno got out because they were frightened there was going to be, you know, a bit of a riot or a shindig there. So I, I was working with Von Raschke and we were going 20 minutes and for 11 minutes, the crowd didn't even know we were in the ring. You know, there was no acknowledgement to anything we did and we didn't do a lot. You know, we waited. Then at about the 11 minutes and 30 seconds, there was a little rumbling. And then for the next uh, eight and a half minutes, we had them. It was like a main event, mm-hmm. you know. But in today's world, if that had happened, the guys would be going there. They would have their match that they got backstage, and they go out to the ring, and they just go boom, boom, boom. And that's a fact. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I. Do you still do you? Are you still a road agent? And if not, oh like, no. Okay, so. But when you when you started to when you transitioned to be an agent, um, when did that come about? When when did the wrestlers? When did the wrestling itself change to to become more of uh, going over every you know spot beforehand as opposed to calling it out in the ring? Yeah, I I I think it became more uh, relevant after I retired. You know. Mm-hmm. Because they did, they'd have agents there where you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to. When you get up, when you get to the ring, you put your left foot on the step, and you follow that by the right foot, and go to the next step, and then you get on the apron, and you put your left foot in first over the middle rope, and then 
you know, you duck under the top rope and then you bring your right foot in. You know, it's like, Christ almighty. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would assume it, it actually would make it harder. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, to, to put together the match. Mm. It might be, yeah, hard, it might guess, be easier yeah. to learn in a way, but I would think once you knew you know what you were doing, uh, and then if you could call the match with with, with other people, then uh, that would be easier than going over every every step beforehand. Well, every every town is different too. You know, like right. uh, you got to find out what they want. And now I don't know who's a heel or who's a baby face, and that went out the window years ago. You know, at least you used to start, you know establish who was the heel, who was the baby face. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. No, you give the heel a reason to heal because the baby face without wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's all. Uh, you know, it's it's all gone. I had a guy come in one time. I was taking care of a dark match, and I told him, I said, just wrestle him for like four minutes. Don't throw a punch or anything. You're a heel, but don't throw a punch. Just let him out wrestle you. You know, you you take one, give him two. You take one, give him three. You know, you take one, give him two. And then, you know, when you see the opportunity, hook him. And Vince was watching, and he says, "Does this guy know what he's doing?" And the, when he threw <laughs> the punch, then Vince said, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> so I I thought that was quite funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I must be a real old timer, you know, like, <laughs> doing this shit. Um, excuse me. Yeah. No, no, it's you know, just fine. A- a- analyzing it, you know, but I, uh-huh. I don't know why they can't get the, uh, you know, half a dozen guys, you know, today and just, uh, you know, have them go back slowly to the old time, you know, mm-hmm. and and see, I. I think I wrestled Bob Orton Jr. somewhere, you know, and they were going, boring, boring. I don't know. He said, boring, I'll show you boring, you know. So we just kind of sat there, you know. And uh-huh. after they're so bored, where are they going to go? they got to come. All right. You know, they got to come with you. And, uh, and we got them, mm-hmm. you know. Took a little while, but, you know, you're in no hurry. you got... 12, 15 minutes, so yeah, you can tell a lot of stories of that. So uh, you mentioned, you know, vi- the second Vin, Vince, uh, you know, Vince uh, Jr. Um, yeah. How long did you, did, I assume you were around him, you know, when you were, when his father was still running the company. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he done all the uh, interviews, you know, right. and he was doing the commentary. Yeah. Did you get along with, with both uh, Vince Sr. and Jr.? Yeah, yeah. I just when I needed to talk business, that, that's when I did it. You know, I wasn't there. Oh, hey Vince, where are we going tonight? You know, type thing. None of that with me. You know, it was a it was a job I had. It was a job I enjoyed, and uh, there were people there that I enjoyed being around. You know, mm-hmm. they're fun. Yeah, you know. It, it, if you can't have fun at your work, you know, then you need to, uh, 
you need find to find another else. job. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm. uh, here in the chat, they say um, you and Rick Martell had a uh, great chemistry together as a team. Yeah. Uh, when Rick Martell left and went to the AWA, um, did you ever have any talks about going to the AWA? No, I had an opportunity to go to the AWA in 1975. Jack Lanza gave me a call, but uh, I, I, I was just heard about how much snow they had up there. <laughs> I thought, right. well, I don't want to be traveling <laughs> the bloody snow because that's when they did all the business. It was yeah. in the winter. And the summer was very quiet because up there everybody go, gets their boats out and everybody's out on the lakes and enjoying their three weeks of summer. Uh -huh. But uh, uh, I, I, I kind of um, regret not taking that opportunity of going. Uh, why yeah, is that? Just, just so you know you could have – just to see what it's like and – yeah, no, but, uh, you know, it was a good territory to go to, you know, yeah. and there was a great, you know, Rick Flair was, was from there. Uh, uh, Jim Brunzel spent a lot of time there. There was Buddy Wolf, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he, he was up that way. You know, a lot of a lot of good talent went through there. Um, uh, Matt Dog for Sean. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know for whatever reason, you know, I just think uh, that's one place I should have gone spent a year, mm -hmm. you know, but who knows? It might have, might have thrown my timing off and uh, I might not have ended up the way I ended up, you know, as an agent, mm -hmm. which is a pretty good retirement for somebody that, you know, had wrestled mm -hmm. because if it wasn't there, I would have gone back to New Zealand. Right. So, um, how does that like come about? Like, uh, is that something you suggest or is that something, you know, the, the company suggests what, you know, we think, you know, you'd be good at this position. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Strongbow suggested, uh, Chief J Strongbow, yeah. he was an agent and he suggested, so why not, uh, Tony, you know, he's, uh, you know, he doesn't mess around and, uh, pretty straightforward guy and so uh, I went on the road with him for a few weeks you know and then uh, and after that they thought well okay you'll be the agent but I was getting you know the information from Pat Patterson he was the booker then mm -hmm. so I talked to Pat every day and then I'd put my report in at night and uh, if there was anything Questionable. I'd get a call from Pat or Vince in the morning. You know what happened here or what happened there. Not that it happened too mm -hmm. often. And uh, I did that. I don't know from 1987 till. So I done that for about 23 years, I think. 23, 24 years. So pretty good. Got to travel around the world. You know, all through Europe. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Australia, New Zealand, mm -hmm. Japan, Philippines, Singapore. Yeah. Chief J. Strongbow is kind of a polarizing guy. Um, I've actually had Chief J. Strongbow on the show years ago, but um, a lot of people they'll either say like they really a lot of some people really like Chief J. Strongbow, and I've also had a lot of guests who the opposite are not fans of his. Uh, yeah, what did you yeah, think of Chief? Because no, no, no. 
in the beginning, I, I, you know, uh, we, we bumped heads, you know, it was just something silly. I was green and I was upset with something I do. He was trying to straighten it out, you know, per Jack Briscoe. And uh, I kind of liked, uh, Christ almighty, you know, I thought I'd blown everything, you know. So he said, oh, he doesn't want to listen to me. So, so we bumped heads for a while, didn't say anything or anything. And then uh, then we got uh, really close. And as a matter of fact, when he passed away, I called his wife, you know. And I said to her, I said, well, I'd like to come, come down, you know. Uh, for the funeral, you know, she says, don't bother, Tony. She said, you done for Joe when he was alive, you know, and I thought that was a hell of a compliment, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I helped him. He was older, and uh, I got the rental cars. I made the hotel reservations, you know, I drove him around, and uh, I learned a lot from him. He was, he was very uh, savvy, with the business and uh you know he didn't i don't think he started making money till he had that uh strongbow gimmick Mm -hmm. and he drew a lot of money up there in new york Mm -hmm. and i used i used to watch him wrestling you know and i said what the hell is he doing (laughs) he never took a bump he Uh never took a bump never did but he had that he had that psychology he knew he knew what he was doing Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, a, you know, a lot of ways, I mean, that's kind of like where the, the, not so much all the Hulk Hogan character, but like the Hulk up came mm-hmm. from was, uh, you know, was yeah. very similar to Strongbow. He just would mm-hmm. stop, you know, well, selling everything and come back and start chopping them. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, Strongbow helped the Hulk out uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit because he was there when the Hulk started and, and Randy Savage, he helped Randy out a lot, you know, with stuff in the ring, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he helped a lot. He helped a lot of guys, mm-hmm. you know. But then, if you know, all you can do is talk to the guys and and give them a suggestion. They gotta say, "Oh, what the hell does that old man want?" <laughs> no, you know. Right. But he has the experience. Why wouldn't he know something after 30, 40 years in the business? And you've been in the business for three years, mm-hmm. and Vince is giving you a break, and you suddenly you know everything. Mm-hmm. You don't know. <laughs> there were kids. There, there was one one fellow there. He was working with um, the big uh, in, uh, Singh. Is it the the guy from India? Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, the giant Tiger, you know. Al- Tiger Ali Singh. No, 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 not him. Uh, more recent. Uh, oh, what the hell was Kali? The Kali. Oh, great Kali. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the great Kali. So mm-hmm. anyway, Kali gives this kid a chop. You know, this kid's about two hundred and twenty pounds. Good worker, and he went. He went on, you know, to make some money for the for Vince and himself. And then he took the chop and he went out, and within five seconds, he's up and he's on the direct opposite side of the ring from when he went out. So when he came back, I said, what the hell are you doing? I said, you just took a chop from the giant. I says, and you were able to get up and walk halfway around the ring. I said, how do you figure that? He said, well, what should I do? I said, well, you took the chop, you took the bump out, lay on the ground. Just lay there, listen to the count. When he gets up around seven, 
you start getting up, eight, you know, crawl under the bottom rope and then let yourself out again, which restarts the count. Mm-hmm. So uh, he said, really? I said, yeah. So he did it, and, uh, I, I, you know, the reaction from the crowd, you know, was as I expected. And then when he came back, he was running around looking for me, you know, and I was, I knew where he was, but he couldn't find me. Huh. And then he came and said to me, Tony, did you see that? Did you see it? I see what? When he, when he chopped me, I said, yeah, I seen it. I said, did it work? He said, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, not his fault. He didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that goes back to Gorilla Monsoon when I asked him, I said, what do you want me to do out there? He says, do what you think you have to do. And if it's wrong, we'll tell you. <laughs> That's good advice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seems simple. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, what was it like when, um, you know, so, so Vince Jr. takes over and then when WrestleMania starts and, you know, it's just like a whole new, you know, everything started to blow up with pay-per-view and, uh, you have, you have celebrities, I guess you had celebrities, uh, before that too, but, uh, what was that whole era like when, when just the WrestleMania starts to become a thing? Yeah. Well, like, I, I was just working and just taking it one day at a time, right. you know, but, uh, I didn't get, uh, overwhelmed with anything. I think the first WrestleMania, I wasn't there. No, the first WrestleMania was Madison Square Garden. And uh, they had the closed circuit TV. Right. So they sent me up to Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, you know, to be on board to represent the WWF there. Mm-hmm. And then when that was over, then I went back down to New York and we had a function at the Rainbow Room. And a few of the celebs were there. But after that, it was like, uh, okay, so this is kind of the norm, you know. Mm-hmm. and uh, met quite a few of them but they were there you know doing their thing so just shake their hands pleased to meet you and uh, just move on and then uh, who was that uh, ah Cindy Lopper right yeah that was a big thing with uh, her and uh, Lou Wendy Richter yeah and Lou Albano mm-hmm. I assume Lou Albano was quite a character oh yeah and I got on well with Lou, mm-hmm. you know, Bill, because if he didn't like you, boy, he would make your life a misery, you know. But uh, I got on really, really well. He liked me for some reason. Uh-huh. I don't, uh, I don't know why I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but I never, I never had a problem with Lou. Uh huh. Mm. Uh, do you have any uh, good Andre the Giant stories? Um, uh, no, the, the only one that I thought was, was pretty funny, uh, there was Larry and I and Andre and we had a, uh, a six man tag and, uh, Larry said to me, he said, watch this. He said, Andre, he said, lift me up. So Andre grabbed Larry and lifted him up. And as he was lifting up, Larry took a bump you know, off. And, you know, Andre thought, oh, God, I, I dropped him. And the Larry went down and started laughing. And, of course, Andre looked like his eyes opened up and he dropped down, you know, and he started laughing too. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, you know, quite, 
quite funny, but Andre, he traveled with me a lot in the early 70s. I met him in New Zealand in 71, and I told him, I said, I said you know, I'm, I'm going over to the States in March, so maybe I'll see you there. And I think in 73, that's when Vince signed him up and uh, walked in Philadelphia uh, television, and Andre was there, you know, and he came right up. He remembered me, you mm -hmm. know. And then uh, I said, well, who are you riding with? He said, well, I don't know, boss. And he had his uh, manager with him, uh, Frank Balois. I said, well, ride with me. A lot of guys didn't want to take him because of his size. And I had a 72 LTD, so it was pretty big. So uh, we rode together quite a bit, the three of us. Yeah. Hey, you uh, like, like to sing. Oh, really? <laughs> what would he sing? Oh, he sings some French song that I didn't I didn't understand, <laughs> right. you know. And then, then I I'd start singing, uh, you know, with a French uh, accent or you know bogus French language, and he <laughs> laughed like hell. <laughs> yeah, but we had uh, we had some good times, and we consumed a bit of alcohol together too. <laughs> I guess it would be hard. I'm, you know, I'm not saying you can't, uh, you know, you can't drink a lot of alcohol, but I assume it would be hard to uh, keep up with Andre. Oh, I didn't even try. I mean, <laughs> I remember taking off one time, and I think it, I, I, I think he was doing three cans to my one. <laughs> but but one time in Buffalo, he was trying to get me drunk. He said, he said, boss. I said, what is Andre? You ever drink Labatt? It was a, a you know a Canadian beer, Labatt 50. I said, no, I haven't. He said, try it. And it was strong, evidently. But I liked it. Uh -huh. So I, I drank one. I drank another one. I drank, a, I don't know, maybe I had six or seven. And Andre was looking at Frank and uh, looking at me. And I was doing okay. You know, it was just a regular uh, night out having a few drinks. Mm -hmm. I guess he thought he was going to get me hammered. That's pretty great. Uh, uh, do, do you have any memories of doing the Piper Pit segments? Uh, the, the, the only one, I think I only did one, and uh, it's kind of ad-libbed. And uh, Roddy came on and said, so you've been five-time tag team champion. I said, that's right, Roddy. Uh, he said, that means you've lost the uh, uh, title five times. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, that's right. There's a good chance, you know, if you win it, you're going to lose it. He said, oh, so you lost the thing five times. And I said, that's right. And he went on and on and on. And then at the end, I just said, Mr. Piper, let me ask you something or something along this line. I said, how many times did you win the tag team title? You know, and I walked <laughs> off, you know, uh -huh. and the people applauded, you know. But that that was his first or second Piper's Pit. I yeah, think. one of the first ones, yep. Yeah, that was in uh, Allentown, I believe. Mm -hmm. mm. That was, uh, when, I, when I was younger, when I was a kid, that was my favorite wrestler was Piper. I had the Piper poster on my wall. Uh, what was he like as a person, Roddy Piper? Oh, this time I believe I did lose a... Uh, uh, Tony, hopefully we'll get him back here. But we're live here on uh, Facebook. Sorry for all the technical issues. Things uh, have a storm outside.
Hopefully Tony will call back in. I know he's got to type in a number, but anyway, I hope uh, people are enjoying the interview. I'll try to edit out uh, some of the dead air. Uh, big thanks for Tony Guerrero for doing this and putting up with the technical difficulties. He's a good guy. And a big thanks to his wife, Merci, for, uh, I think I, I, I think that that's how it's spelled. I should ask Andre Giant how to say it. But uh, uh, for setting up the interview and, uh, and my friend Bob Johnson, who I've known, uh, I think, since we started doing the show, 2005. Maybe I started knowing him around 2006. He's um, a good dude. And uh, he's helped set up a lot of these uh, current interviews. And we've got a lot more uh, to come. Uh, Yurio says, Intro will clean it up in the edit. No, he won't, because I don't think he's edited a show in since 2007, maybe? It's the last one that Intro did. I don't know. Maybe 2000, maybe a little later. But uh, these are all edited by, by, uh, by Jackie Jones here. Uh, Marquis says the last time I had these tech issues or interviewing the Pope. Now I was very confused by that comment, but I believe he means uh, Pope uh, De Niro, the wrestler, because I don't remember interviewing the Pope. Let's see, uh, oh, here we go. All right. I believe Tony is back with me. Yeah, I'm back. All right. I thank you. Yeah, I don't know either. But sorry. Uh, so I apologize for the technical problems, but also thank you for, for putting up and being a good uh, sport about everything. That's all right. Yeah. Good man. I appreciate it. So we uh, just went over Piper. He was my he was my favorite when I was when I was uh when I was he's probably my first favorite wrestler when I was a kid was Piper. I had the pipe I he was the only wrestler I had a poster of in my wall. What was Piper like as uh, outside of the ring? Oh, he pretty much uh, st stuck to himself. I didn't um I didn't hang around with him uh too much. You know, he was on a a different uh level than me he was on a different train than i was you know i think R uh, rick and uh uh roddy were pretty close mm -hmm. because they're both coming from canada so that was something in common you know but i i was a little older than them and i'd been there and done that so i, d I didn't need to go there again great uh-huh uh, how about any mean gene okerlund stories this came from Facebook. I, I wasn't around Gene too much. You know, he, I was uh, an agent at the time when, when he was doing the, uh, the commentary and the interviews and, uh, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, Gene was, uh, he was different. Mm -hmm. he, did. he done well, you know. Uh, I last seen him at the Cauliflower Alley. Bob, I think uh, two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. I think his uh, health was failing him then. Yeah. But uh, he was a good old guy. Mm -hmm. Can't say a bad word against Gene. Yeah, a huge fan of Mean Gene Oakland. I think mean, the best uh, backstage interview of all time, Mean Gene. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was quick too, you know. He could. Oh, yeah. uh, Throw in those little uh, one-liners. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, sadly, you know, uh, just this last year, we lost, uh, in my opinion, the best ring announcer of all time, Howard Finkel. Oh, yeah. Are you there? Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, it was such a shame, but I, uh, I seen Howard at the Cauliflower Alley Club, you know, and I went and talked to him, and he, he didn't quite seem right, you know. And then, uh, then I heard, you know, he had a, like a kind of a, a brain disease or something. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, he ended up, uh, I believe, you know, in a um, retirement home mm -hmm. and kind of just went downhill. Yeah, because you know, I, I saw him at the, because uh, they would do an annual New England uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame here in, uh, yeah. near me in Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, and then just, uh, it was just a couple of years ago, he was going to be there and he was going to like, because uh, he, he would be the master's, uh, master of ceremony sometimes. And yeah. uh, it was right around that time he, he got, he just went downhill, like you said, very quickly. And it was about a yeah. year later or so he passed away. Well, I remember Howard, I first met him at the New Haven Coliseum. He was an usher there, and evidently uh, the ring announcer didn't show up, and they needed somebody. And they asked somebody, do you have anybody that could be a ring announcer? You know, and uh, Howard either stepped up or was uh, volunteered by some of the workers there, and uh, that was it. Then he kind of started from there and inched his way in, but... Mm -hmm. He's done a great job at ring announcing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The legendary voice. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, um, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man getting advice from um, from from the chief. Who are some of the yeah. guys that, that you think um, you helped the most? Who would come to you for advice when you were a road agent? Oh, I think, uh, I boy, I know Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. Well, oh, he nice. kind of... He came uh, to me in uh, Cleveland and asked about wrestling, and he was, uh, he was a wrestler in college, you know, so I told him, well, here. I says, I'm going to give you uh, the, uh, the address or telephone number in um, Louisville, Kentucky, because that's where our training was. I says, and that's all I'm giving you. <laughs> and, and, and then, yeah, you know, he done pretty well. And then he, he got in that skit with the, uh, with the four other guys. They were yeah, like, the, uh, the, the cheerleaders. Uh, I can't think of the name. Though. The cheerleaders, I think. Yeah. yeah. Spirit squad. And then every, yeah. And, uh, then everybody else kind of parted and fell apart and he stuck in there and then he became Dolph and he done a hell of a job, mm -hmm. you know? And then uh, uh, Randy Savage also, not Randy Savage, Randy Orton. And, uh, you know, I knew his grandfather and uh, his father, Bob, and I, we started together virtually in Florida. So, you know, I let Randy do his thing and then I come out and I talk to him or, you know, he'd ask me and uh, I said, well, ask your father, you know, and then. I see him next time, and I said, you talk to your father about that? He said, he said the same thing as you said, you know. So he knew I wasn't uh, pulling his leg. Mm -hmm. But he he done very well. 
it really, you know, those are two guys that, that come to mind. But everybody that was out there, like like there was uh, one guy out there, and I, I told him, I said, I said, you know, when he's got that top wrist lock on you, you know, and you just get out of it, I said, you need to stay in it, you know, and make a program out of getting out of that, that hold. And I can't remember exactly how it went. He says, I don't think that'll work. And I said, well, would you give it a try? He said, but I don't feel comfortable. I said, I tell you what, tomorrow night, if you're working with this guy, you know, just try it. And if it doesn't work, just forget I said anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching the match, watching the match, and then he does what I tell him to do, and it worked. Because I knew it was going to work. And then he comes back, and he's looking for me, and, like, I'm not hiding from him, but I know where he is, but he doesn't know where I am. And then when he finally, when I finally let him find me, you know, he said, did you see it? I said, see what? What we talked about, what you told me to do. I said, yeah, and how was it? He said, it worked. I said, I told you it would. <laughs> but these guys, you know, they, they didn't understand it. You know, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. So simple. Uh, let's see. I'm going to get some questions here from uh, from Facebook. Uh, Shaheen wants to know, as an old school uh, tattoo guy, uh, what are your thoughts on the evolution of uh, tattoos and wrestling? <laughs> it's funny because I heard a rumor. I never got, I never got it. From you know, you know, from the horse's mouth or anything, but they can were considering me as a, a champion mm -hmm. at one time, and they said because I had tattoos, you know, it oh, wouldn't really? be good. <laughs> yeah, so that is very so there weird. you go. Yeah, you know, but to see guys come in, you know, like uh, the Undertaker came in, he was completely clean, I believe, and mm -hmm. and now he's got. Two sleeves, you know, Randy Orton, he's got two sleeves, you know, even The Rock, you know, he's got the uh, Polynesian tattoos on him, Samoan, tribal tattoos, mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the whole thing, and, and you go around the world, though, you know, like, yeah, even it, when I go to town, there's so many girls, even today I was somewhere, I was at a grocery store down here, and here, here was a girl all tattooed, you know, yeah. her back, her arm. Everything. Yeah. It's just something yeah. that's out there. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think, because I don't have any tattoos, I, I think sometimes I stand out more not having a tattoo than uh, if yeah. you would have a tattoo today. Yeah. I, I don't even think of mine, and mine, uh, right. mine are like 58 years old now, I guess. Uh-huh. I remember uh, when I'm, I met Danny, Dangerous Danny Davis at, uh, at the... Um, yeah at the New England thing. And he had, you know, old tattoo, old tattoos on his arm. And he said, that's why he always wore the long sleeves when he raft. And also when he became a manager for the same, they didn't, they didn't think it would be believable or whatever. If, uh, if the yeah. referee had tattoos, which it's just, uh, yeah. it's a totally different culture today, not just in wrestling, but like you said, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know. Well, that's what yeah. they want to do. Yeah. Even like places where it used to be like taboo to have, because uh, uh, like Cody Rhodes has the big neck tattoo now. And uh, mm. I even see people, like I said, working at the supermarket with tattoos on their hands and yeah. once in a while on their head, which I don't know about that one. No. Nah. 
the uh, well, Mike Tyson's got that one on his head. <laughs> right, that's right. A, yeah. That's a Polynesian tattoo. Actually, uh, in New Zealand, uh, bumped into a couple of. Unfortunately, lost Tony, and I'm sorry about this. Uh, this one might have been my end this time. I'm going to wrap it up next time we get Tony on here. When you get him back, we'll wrap up the show. But I appreciate uh, Tony Greer for being a good guy, telling a lot of cool stories, and uh, putting up with my technical problems. I, I know it's actually not my fault. It's It's the weather. But still, he's a good guy. I probably would have gave up. I'd be like, what the hell with this guy? This 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 Jackie Jones, he wants me to do the show. And uh, he just keeps uh, keeps cutting out. But I can't help it. I'm sorry. But I think it just went briefly. All right, here we have him back. All right. I'm going to get to the rest of these questions, Tony, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry there's okay. so much uh, problems here. But Not I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this. That's fine. Uh, Alan wants to know um, what are your thoughts on Pedro Morales, and why don't you think he was a bigger star out of out of WWF than he was in WWF? Well, that's a good question. I I was with Pedro in uh, California uh, for almost a year, and we used to work out every day together sometimes three to eight hours, but I noticed his his style out in California was uh, like more aggressive and more uh, technical than it was in New York. So uh, that was, that's probably the only reason that, uh, or the only way I can answer that question. Mm-hmm. He seemed to wrestle a little more when he was out in New York than he did you know, he slowed down. He was in second gear in New York and third gear when he was out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do you I think also it, it could also been um, uh, just the that? area? Could you think anything about uh, like uh, a lot of Puerto Rican fans in New York? Could have been uh, you know a part of the reason too. It's, yeah, yeah, it could have made it a little bit easier for him. You know, he did. You know, maybe I'm just assuming, you know, that maybe because they were behind him, he didn't have to do as much, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dob, sorry, uh, Dobbs wants to know, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, wrestlers, uh, for the most part, being smaller today? No, I don't don't really have any thoughts on that you know they they have the uh, athletic ability they work out and, mm-hmm. you know that was the main main thing with me you know to get in the gym and work out uh, and not only just lift weights you know do the uh, you know the hindu squats and the push-ups and like bob backland does the harvest right. step test you know i've been through all that you know mm-hmm. uh and it's um you know, whether you're 300 pound or 200 pound, you know, as long as you look the part and, you know, you do the business, do good by the business, uh, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, I, I remember years ago, a couple of guys coming in, this was in New Zealand, a couple of little guys come in the ring, you know, and I'm looking at them and I said, holy Christ, you know, like, <laughs> what the heck? Uh-huh. 
is this. And those guys, I enjoyed the heck out of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of my favorite yeah. guys uh, currently are, are the smaller guys, you know, in wrestling. Mm. Well, the thing is, you, you know, it, it, it's got to be uh, different. Every match has got to be right. different. So if you've got two, uh, you know, 200 pounders in there, let them do, you know, the backflips and the cartwheels yeah. and the somersaults and everything. But it's very well that a 300-pound guy can do it, but he doesn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you that, know? too. I do think, because uh, it does seem like everyone in wrestling does flip. Uh, not even just flips, but dives outside the ring. And yeah. you know, after a while, it doesn't yeah. really mean anything. And, and like I said, even yeah. the re- very big guys are doing it. Oh, yeah, they do. But, uh, you know, talking about that, one of the most impressive guys uh, to me is Harry Smith. You know, Davey Boy yeah. Smith's boy. And he's such a gentleman, and I look forward to bumping into him, you know, whenever I bump into him, you know, and, and he's just great. And, uh, you know, he can handle himself. He's such a soft-spoken guy, but, I mean, his agility is unbelievable. When he was um, wrestling for us, you know, there was a couple of moves he was doing. I, I watched him in there, and he done like, he, he done like three or four, and I, I said, Harry, don't do that. I said... You just give them one of those. That's all they need mm-hmm. to see them because next time you can give them the other two, you know? Right. Yeah. Don't, I, um, before, don't he, he was uh, the last live wrestling show I went to before everything happened with the pandemic and stuff. So when you could actually go to live shows, uh, he was yeah. actually on the show, uh, Harry Smith. Yeah. Him and um, yeah. and uh, Pillman uh, Jr., for, uh, Brian Pillman's son. And yeah, I really I never, thought, like, I, man, he really yeah. stood out as, you know, as a star on the show. It was an independent show, but he really stood out. And it made me wonder why he isn't, you know, on a, on a main wrestling on TV today. Yeah. But I think, you know, he's got a good deal in Japan and he That's likes true. the Japanese lifestyle too. You know, he's learning the language mm-hmm. and, uh, he's really adapting himself. I think he's making himself an honorary Japanese <laughs> <laughs> from Calgary. Uh-huh. You know, but I, I, I give him uh, all the kudos in the world. You know, he, he's a great, great man. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mario Mancini, a friend of mine, uh, hopefully a friend of yours. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah, Mario. Yeah, he's not too far from where I lived up there in Connecticut. Uh, right. I, yeah, you know, not very far from me. Once in a while, I'll bump into him. but. Uh-huh. Uh, he uh, wants to know if you take the Gaga and add in some kayfabe, will it still come out to a Markish blend according to the Altamare rules of paying for the tab at the diner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's talking about Tony Altamore there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was Tony. Tony was a great guy, but he was funny. <laughs> he was a laugh a minute, but you, you had to uh, you had to watch him like a hawk. Right. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Mario uh, always talks really highly of of Chief. Yeah, yeah, the Chief. Uh, you know, Ma- Ma- Mario done a good job. He knew his position in there. I know. I used to work, and I used to bust his chops too. You know, <laughs> come on, you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he brings it up to me when I bump into him, you know, but hey, 
I told him, you know, I give him the uh, best match I could uh-huh. when I work with him. Yeah. And he's doing something. He's got a wrestling school in... Uh, yeah, the um, Paradise Alley. Yeah, in East Haven, uh, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, him and Paul Roma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mario's a great this, guy. Yeah, there's somebody else was involved there too. Yeah, I think you're right. I know it's him and Paul Roma, but it, it could be someone else too. Yeah. Uh, Brian yeah. wants to know what was better to work for, uh, WWF or the NWA? Oh uh, well, I I gotta say WWF because I was there so so long. You know, I was there something like 38 years out of. 42 or something so you know mm-hmm. it was good we still had miles to put on the car like even when i came to florida i used to drive 2200 miles a week and that's when i first you know came and you know i wouldn't drive them all but those were the miles that i had to travel you know and then up in new york uh we do about 1500 miles a week but we'd stay up in in Boston, you know, I stayed up there one time eight days, and I had a condominium. I mean, I had a an apartment in uh, in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd stay up there, you know, j- just to cut the miles because it doesn't make sense to drive down from the Boston area to New Jersey to go back up the next day. You right. know, ridiculous. But you know. Many times we drove from Bangor, Maine, down to uh, South Jersey, you know, just outside of Philadelphia where we live. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd leave there at 10.30 at night, Bangor, and we'd, we'd get uh, back to Jersey as the sun got up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, card Stores wants to know, uh, what, what is your take on the rise of women's wrestling? Yeah, I think it's very good that they, they've done excellent. And I don't know who's training them, but at a guess, I'd say it'd be Pitt Finley. Mm-hmm. I think you know, he was he, really involved in uh, when it really started to change and they became, you know, really good workers. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, uh, of course, you know, I, I started back in the, in the Moolah days with, uh, you know, Judy Martin and Lalani Kai and, and a few of those. And, uh, you know, they wrestled. And, and then it came to the girls were trying to wrestle like the guys, you know. And I was trying to say, you don't have to wrestle like the guys. You know, you're a different, you know, you, you know you've got to put a different match out. You know, do the, the cartwheels and the somersaults and the fan you know, the fancy moves, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what they do. And they're doing a great job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, my, my opinion, it's the best, uh, era for the, for the, as far as women's wrestling goes, um, mm. like, uh, Char- Charlotte Flair, I honestly think was, is one of the best, you know, wrestlers around all around, uh, yeah. character and everything. Uh, you know, oh, men yeah. or women, she's, she's really good. Yeah. She has a heck of a character. She's mm-hmm. done really well. Yeah, tons yeah. of uh, charisma, and, yeah. Yeah, and she can do the uh, the moves too, and take the yeah. bumps. And yeah, scares me. If I'm sitting on the couch watching her, you know, take a bump, I can't get up off the couch. For <laughs> uh, along those lines, how are you doing physically? Oh, great. Oh, good. Yeah, I um, 
of course, there's COVID shit. I haven't been to the gym, but I used to get, right. I used to go to the gym for three days, uh, three days in a row, doing mm-hmm. a couple of body parts each day. Then I'd have a day off, and, and then I'd go again for three days. But the gym has a. But I I get up and I I walk a little over a mile every morning down here, mm-hmm. and then I've got a bicycle. And I haven't been on that for a while, and then, of course, I've got the pool. But everything works. Mm-hmm. You know, the the uh, the legs move like they should, and the arms move like they should. That's good. They only yeah. had one real bad injury, and I don't know how I did it. I pinched a nerve at my neck. Oh, and, wow. You know, the ver- one of the vertebrae had twisted. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was back in 79. And... Uh, I went for like six weeks. I didn't know what the hell was wrong. And then I went to a chiropractor in New Jersey that I knew. And uh, he x-rayed me and then he stretched me and then he cracked my neck and pain went away immediately. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but I wish I had known what it was earlier. (laughs) Yeah, Because I had no idea. I'm walking around like in La La Land. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's healed at about 98%, I would think. Oh, wow. uh, You know, like I say, when I go to the gym, I'm not pushing any heavy weights. I'm just going through the motions. But Mm -hmm. I don't need heavy. If if I look like I can bench press 100 pounds, then you got to assume I can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I walk every day myself. You wouldn't have anyone notice, but... Uh, two years ago, I was, uh, and my heaviest was 365, and I've, uh, I'm down to 180-something pounds now. I've lost the Get out of here. Yeah. And it was all from, I changed my diet, and I started walking yeah. every day. Originally, they wanted me mm. to get uh, weight loss surgery, and I looked into it, and it wasn't something I wanted to do. And so I tried. Yeah. I just really changed my lifestyle, and uh, I stopped drinking as well. And, uh, yeah. Things are, are wow. reversed. Everything. All, I had high blood pressure and all these things, and reversed all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, feeling well, good. I, the guy, the guy's kind of used to uh, not laugh at me at all. You're Tony and his garlic, you know. <laughs> so I had garlic and cayenne pepper. This is all on my diet: garlic, cayenne pepper, uh, ginger, uh, lemon juice. You know, I make a concoction of lemon and uh, garlic. I take the whole lemon, chop it up, mm-hmm. four of them, and 24 cloves of garlic, and I crush them, marinate them in water for like 18 hours, blend it, throw it in a pot, bring it to a boil, right? let it cool, strain it, and then I drink six ounces of, uh, of the concoction after my main meal at night, and that will... Uh, not that I've had high blood pressure, but that'll clean you out and lower if you have high blood pressure. Interesting. Because I do eat, uh, when I started to, because a lot of it I just researched myself, and I do, uh, because of those uh, things, I do eat a lot of lemon and garlic and uh, cayenne yeah. pepper yeah. and uh, turmeric is also supposed yeah. to be good. Yeah, and if somebody's having a heart attack, get cayenne pepper into them. This come from Kowalski. And if somebody's had a heart attack, they should be taking cayenne pepper every day. It'll, yeah. uh, when I started, it's uh, like I said, I use it in a lot of my uh, in my meals because it's supposed to have a lot of uh, benefits to you, health benefits. 
Yeah, well, it increases your circulation, and it's a natural anti-inflammatory, I'm told, you know, so all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And lots um, of vegetables. Yeah, I eat a lot of vegetables now as well. And mostly, uh, especially living on Cape Cod, it's easy for me. A lot of seafood and, and uh, fish as yeah. far as meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the uh, have a nice piece. <laughs> I told him I was going to wrap up. I should have done it quicker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Gurria. We'll get him back on here, and I promise we'll wrap it up. But we're talking about fish. I, I'm a I'm a scallop guy. A lot of uh, sea scallops, but yeah, good fish here. I like codfish, haddock, any kind of white flaky fish. Good by me. Monkfish is good. Again, thanks, Mister Greer, for uh, for putting up with uh, the technical problems. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna wrap up uh, the interview. Uh, I might um, review a little bit of wrestling real quick after that, and uh, then we'll probably call it a show for this week. And next week, hopefully all the, the weather will be fine and we'll have smooth sailing and no issues. But uh, thanks, uh, Tony, for putting up. And thank you uh, for everyone here in the chat room. I know it's been on and off uh, with losing uh, connection, but it's, uh, I think we're going okay now. Here we go. All right. And this time, I promise, I won't keep you long. We'll wrap up the show. But thank you for calling back in, Tony. Okay. I don't know what the hell happened. I'm just holding the phone. <laughs> That's uh, where it's a curse show, but we're, we're getting through here. So let's like, ask a couple more here. Uh, people sent in. Bill wants to know, uh, what are your thoughts about the good Dr. Jerry Graham? Well, I, I never, ever got to meet uh, the good Dr. Jerry Graham, but I heard, you know, he was, he was a very intelligent guy, but he had a problem with uh, alcohol, you know, which was his downfall. And he was, uh, he was in the military, and a uh, very important part of it, I heard. But uh, I never met him. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, and Marty wants to know, what's the best road meals in town? The best road meal? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I like... I guess when you're on the road. I like an omelet. I like an omelet at the New England diner. <laughs> <laughs> cheese, cheese and mushrooms. with oh, uh, Yeah, feta cheese uh, with uh, spinach and uh, mushrooms and olives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, for breakfast, I have brown rice and three scrambled eggs. I mix them all together, and that's my breakfast pretty much every morning. Right. Sounds good. I eat a lot of, I, I make my, I do egg white omelets, but yeah, I like omelets with uh, tomato and spinach. and Yeah. It's good. All right. Very good. All right. Well, I appreciate you doing this. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, sorry for any technical issues, but, uh, but I appreciate you uh, putting up with all of them. Uh, that's all right. Not a problem, Neil. Have Thanks. a good night. You as well. Take care. Okay. Yep. Bye. 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 All right. Very good. Tony Gurria. Sorry for any uh, technical issues. I'll try to edit them here. Uh, I think there's an editing platform here on uh, YouTube. We'll uh, test it out. If not, 
I'll uh, edit it myself and put the show up. But anyway, big thank you to Tony Gurria. A big thank you to his wife, uh, Merci, for setting it up. And also um, Bob for uh, helping. Uh, he set up uh, the last show we did with um, Bugsy McGraw. He's also got a lot of cool guests coming up on the show for us. Uh, I think I went over some of them. But anyway, go over and join our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash IYH wrestling. Subscribe here on In Your Head. Hit the uh, bell icon so you get the notifications. Um, I'm also uh, started to put up um, a picture and a link every time we have a new uh, interview scheduled so you can find that out. And uh, when you see that, yeah, so you, you'll see a picture, like you said, for the for the Tony Gurria one. And uh, you click uh, set reminder, and uh, it'll give you a countdown all week until the show. Pretty sweet. All right. So I had mentioned you because I uh, people know I don't watch uh, a, a lot of current wrestling. Is this not for me? Uh, and I'm not a guy who likes to come out and sit, just want to trash anything. So I just stopped watching it. But I grew up a huge wrestling fan, as people know. But the good, fine people of the Hediverse out there donated money because they wanted to hear me review Raw. So I watched Raw this week. It was the second night of the draft. I took notes. I'm a professional here. This is for Stephen Butler. Send me money to review Raw. I'm not saying you got to send me money, but if you do, I'll, I'll do something for you. By the way, if you uh, if you enjoy the show and want to help out, um, we have uh, you can PayPal links on the website. Um, if you send a super chat, any money tonight uh, over ten dollars because they take thirty percent. So you know, but uh, ten dollars or more, I will send you an autograph photo of myself, Jackie Jones autograph photo. I'll sign it to you, personalized, everyone. 10 bucks or more, um, just uh, do it up in here and then email me your uh, address at iytrusting at gmail.com. All right. So, raw. I got my notes here. Somebody looking at my notes. So, it was the night of the draft. We had the uh, the chief ambassador, the chief brand officer, I'm sorry, of, uh, of raw. Steffi McMahon came out. Uh, so we had a promo with, uh, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, which, uh, you know, they're the last time, the last pay-per-view I saw, they had the, um, the ambulance match, which was a, I thought it was a blow for the, their feud. And I thought it was pretty well done. I actually really liked the last pay-per-view. I talked about, you know, not liking modern wrestling, but I really did enjoy the last WWE pay-per-view. Excuse me. And, um, I thought that was the blow off because it was an ambulance match. And they also, I liked um, that they, it was a callback to all the um, the legends that Randy Orton had beat up. And so they all came back and got their, uh, they got their revenge on Randy during the uh, ambulance match, which I thought was uh, fun. I liked that. So anyway, uh, here were the, f the, the first round of the second night of the draft. All right. First of all, I'm going to just talk about the draft real quick. If you're going to do a brand split, um, you because they've done this on and off for years. I think if you're going to do it, you got to really stick to it and actually have the brands different. They also have to compete throughout the year. You can't just be like willy-nilly like, 
you know, these guys show up on, on and women show up on either show. No one really cares. No one's really competing. And then every once, and then out of the blue, now they compete on this pay-per-view. Then you go back to, it's not really mean a thing. If you really want to do the brand split, instead of doing this draft where they actually draft the entire roster, that's, that's too much. I mean, when you have the draft in the, in the NFL, which is a big thing, the draft, I mean, for, for football fans, it's a big deal. But when you do the draft in the NFL, you don't suddenly draft the, all the teams don't disband. And then the team, and then every year, the team, the, there's a draft of every player in, in the whole NFL and the teams draft the players. I mean, that would be insane. What they do is they draft the up is they draft the the graduates from 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 uh from high from college or maybe even high school sometimes but you know from the college players. So if you're going to do that, you could do that with NXT. Every year they get to draft so many people from NXT. That's a possibility you could do. If you do want to do the draft where they, they draft people to the different shows, not the entire roster. That's just too much. Do a few people, like we, we get three, they get three. Um, also, I think you need to, to put some effort into this all year round. So if you really want to do this, you could do trades throughout the year, like make it part of the storyline. You know, Raw's trying to get, you know, so Daniel Bryan, they're trying to offer him a bigger contract. Um, maybe they could steal a guy somehow, you know, through chicanery, something like that. They'd get mad, you know, if 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 they offer someone a big deal and, and they jump ship. Um, the idea, the whole idea behind the brand split, I always thought, was to to build your own competition, so you could redo um, the glory days of the uh, of the Monday Night Wars. So if you want to do that, look at the Monday Night Wars and remember, when, it would be a big deal when a guy would jump ship to the other one. Uh, do that with Raw and SmackDown. Make it a big deal when someone watches. So if you do this brand. Split. If you do the um, the draft like they did, you have like twenty guys debuting on a new show, and you do it all at once. I don't think that's the best way to do it because you want to milk these things. So if one guy shows up, okay, the fiend's going to Raw. That's he's one of the the biggest stars in the company, one of the most over guys of the last ten years. That one guy going to Raw is enough for one show. And then you, and then that's enough story for for like at least a month or two. The fiend is now on Raw. You get all these new matchups. Why is he on Raw? Boom! You have you have a storyline there. You could play off of for for a while. You get new matchups. The storyline why is there? How did they get him? Whatever. You do this draft. You've got you've got like twenty new guys on this show and twenty new guys on the other show. It's just you're throwing the whole show up in the air, and I don't. I instead of if you just do a couple, it's going to mean a lot more. It's almost like what Tony's saying with the high spots. You're doing multiple high spots in a different way on the one show. So if you really want to do it, I'm just saying make a part of the show, an ongoing thing, part of the show, uh, where they can trade throughout the, throughout the year, or a guy's contract expires with SmackDown, he goes to Raw or vice versa. Something like that. Uh, I this way is just kind of lazy to me. But anyway, so the fiend goes to Raw. Uh, Bailey st stays with SmackDown. This is another thing. Was this draft is like people that are on their own shows get drafted to their own show. I don't really see what the point of that is. Uh, Randy Orton, Raw, the Street Profits of SmackDown. 
they do this all, all the time where every time there's a draft, they're always like, we'll draft the tag champs or the IC champ. And then, you know, the next night that this, the, if the IC champ is drafted to the one show, then either the U.S. champ will be drafted to the other show or the U.S. champ will lose the title to a guy who's drafted or, or lose it to a guy that's on the other show. They do it every time. So, so apparently I did miss SmackDown, but um, so they split up New Day. Xavier Woods and um, Kofi Kingston won the won the tag belt in SmackDown, um, and then they were moved to to Raw, and Big E was drafted to SmackDown again. How does this all work? Because we th- we see this. They draft teams. They also drafted whole factions of people. So did did Raw go other way and said we only want Xavier and 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 Kofi, or did SmackDown say we only want, uh, you know the we only want Big E? Why would why is this why was this faction split up, just technically in the draft? Besides, like, how does this work? It does. There's no rules or anything, and I know it's wrestling, but even like uh, I'm a horror movie guy. If you're doing a horror movie about vampires and stuff, yeah, vampires are are, are weird. They probably don't I say probably they don't exist. Zombies don't exist. But you have to maintain rules within within the story you're telling, so things make sense, even if it's something that is fantastical. So if you the same thing goes with wrestling, you have to have some type of rules so these things make sense. Uh, Street Profits go to SmackDown after we knew that New Day went to Raw. So I saw that coming. Uh, Charlotte. I don't know if she stayed or moved to Rob. I'm not sure where she was because she hasn't been on TV for a while. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Alistair Black in a hardcore match or whatever they're calling. No, is there a difference between a no holds barred match, a no DQ match, and a hardcore match? What's the difference between those three? Why not just call them one thing? But uh, whatever. Uh, this was actually an excellent match, I have to say. It's really good. Um, I haven't watched WWE for a while. Uh, the, the TV, I've watched the pay per views. But um so the the uh the thunderdome it's still distracting to me the you know faces on on the computer screen in the crowd but not quite as much as it was originally i don't know they might have i remember when it first started they were so bright or maybe i've just gotten a little used to it um i also do think they have been doing a better job with the fake crowd noise it does seem a little more natural it used to just be this and it didn't sound right but at the same time, when you catch yourself and you notice that it's a fake crowd, it is very distracting and it puts you off. It's like they're chanting, you know, at that point, yes, yes, yes to Daniel Bryan, or they're chanting New Day Rocks, but you know it's it's piped in. And there's just something, even though it, you know, I can't lie, it's better than than silence. There's just something off about that because you know it's they're not really doing it. And then it's funny because there are some matches that didn't have a lot of heat. And I'm like, well, why did they? Why didn't they just put? Uh, why didn't they just put more? Did they know? Did they not want this match as over as the other matches? Did they know it wouldn't be? It's, that's a little weird. Also, stuff like when the when the crowd is kind of along with the with the counts, like one, two, ah, or one, two, three. Like I know wrestling, you know, is wrestling, but at the same time, it really gives away that that it's not legit. Because someone is in the back with a computer putting in the crowd, you know, typing, you know, putting out these fake one, two, three chants. It's a, it's a little hokey, but 
Maybe I'm overthinking that. I don't know. Uh, so Kevin Owens versus I was surprised that Alistair Black uh, lost because uh, I lo I'm actually a big fan of both guys, but Kevin Owens has been around a lot longer, and Alistair Black seemed like uh, you know their new guy, one of their new uh, projects. They're really getting behind. Not that losing to Kevin Owens is a big deal. Great power bomb through the table. Uh, I'm a big Kevin Owens fan. I do. I'll be honest. I don't think he has a great look, but uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, Stephanie came out, really put herself over. <laughs> uh, so let's see what the next part of the draft, uh, Braun Strowman to raw. Then they were putting over that, um, Keith Lee would be happy. I'm not really sure why, but, but apparently they either have a feud or doing something together. Um, and then, but, but then they gave away that Keith Lee would be staying on raw. Uh, Daniel Bryan to uh, SmackDown. That's when they did the fake uh, yes, 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 trans. Uh, Matt Riddle to Raw. Um, the bro. Uh, Kevin Owens to SmackDown. So it's interesting. They put Kevin Owens over, then he moved to SmackDown. Uh, Jeff Hardy to Raw. I've always been a Jeff Hardy fan, but um, something that... Uh, Jericho is always is great at honestly is reinventing himself. He's he's been around as long as Jeff Hardy, but he's always changing his character up. And uh, I mean, it's something the Undertaker would do. But the um, the thing with uh, Jeff Hardy, he's basically been the same guy now for fifteen years. And he just he just get tired. You see the same guy on there all the time. Uh, we had uh, Miss TV. It's kind of weird they call it Miss TV. And uh, when it's Miz and Morrison, it's kind of demeaning to the more to Morrison. Uh, so then, wow, I was putting over the women's division with Tony Gurria, and I, it is something I do like. Um, I, I think um, Asuka's great. Um, Charlotte Flair, a lot, a lot of the women. I, I like Sasha Banks. I like Bailey, but. But I actually like Mandy Rose too. But Dana Brooke, I'm sorry, Dana Brooke, you're not good. Uh, Lana is an excellent manager. Why is she pushed as a wrestler? I have no idea. So this was just, I'll just be honest, this was god awful. It was uh, Mandy and Dana Brooke uh, promo against uh, Lana and, and Natty Neidhart. This was not good. Not good at all. Uh, so then they had a break and then, uh, it was back to more Miss TV, which was really weird to do a break in the middle of a, uh, a talking segment. But anyway, so it comes back to more Morrison TV and then he's like the play and be the mayor of slam town. I was wondering who the hell is that? Is this a new guy, the mayor of slam town? And, uh, apparently that's what they call Morrison. And so that was kind of funny. Then, uh, out comes Lars Sullivan who looks and he looks, he looks intense. In the chat room here, Ron G wants to know, is Neil a Jewish boy? I'm not. I don't know why it matters if I was, but I'm not. Uh, I'm uh, German and Italian. Uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Um, these are two guys that uh, have... Uh, I don't know if it's too late to really do something with either guy, but... Uh, Dolph Ziggler's had so many chances, but they net. I don't think it's his fault. They just always stop. Like he gets, he'll get over even after a point where I think like it is too late for him and he'll, he'll get over with stuff and then it'll just end. 
Bobby Roode has been super it was super over at one point. Um but I in theory though, I like the team, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I think both are very talented guys. Uh maybe they can do something as a tag team. So uh they they're looking for a title match. So they're gonna get a title match tonight. So I assume it's the first time they're wrestling and they get a title match. I, I don't get that. So this was my biggest quandary of the uh, of the draft was uh, retribution is drafted to draw. okay first of all retribution is what 40 people or something it's this giant massive it'd be like if you drafted the nwo even more because like they so they have like the four main people it's like crowbar and nail biter and and the tally whacker and who's the other one like uh I don't know, ding dong or something. So, so they have this, this group of people. So they, and then they have like 50 other people. And now they're also led by, um, Ali who didn't get a cool name. He's not, you know, stiletto or bomb or something. So he's Ali. And then there's like four other people and then like 50, you know, mass people. So, so first of all, you can't draft all three of new day. But you can draft, you know, 48 people of retribution. That makes no sense. Another thing that makes no sense, retribution is a group that said they want to destroy the WWE. They're like terrorists. They're terrorists of the WWE. Why would one of the brands draft them to their show? This makes no sense. No sense. No sense. It kills the gimmick. It makes no logical sense at all. They're supposed to be guys. That, I know they were given a contract. That makes no sense. Why would they give terrorists a contract? If I go and invade the store downstairs, they, uh, downstairs, down the street, they don't say, uh, if I go rob the store down the street and start harassing all the people, they don't say, okay, well, now you got a job. It makes no sense. Uh, Lars Sullivan to SmackDown. Keith Lee to Raw. King Baron Corbin to SmackDown. And Alexa Bliss, who's, I didn't know that she's like a witch or something now. Uh, she went to Raw. Seth Rollins. Um, I don't know what he was talking about because. Uh, I actually miss Seth Rollins. I like Seth Rollins, but this gimmick is not good. Uh, he he does this re these really bland promos, like he's trying to be a preacher, but like a not an exciting preacher. He's just like very just monotone and boring. AJ comes out, um, fights with uh, Hardy, and then uh, oh yeah, and Jeff Hardy's like, let's do a triple threat uh, tag team match. But there's only three got three singles wrestlers, so I don't know what, what he meant. But anyway, it led into uh, a Jeff uh, Hardy, AJ Styles, and Rollins. And for some reason, I thought this was for the IC title, but none of them are the IC champ apparently. So what? I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Sami Zayn's IC champ. So oh, it's a good match, honestly. I mean, it's gonna be hard, rough to be bad with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and and. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. Yeah, uh, I mean, these guys are going to be good wrestlers. These guys are good. I say. So this was an excellent match, really. Um, 
you know, if there was some like actual point behind it, like if whoever won went on to do something, that would be. It's weird to do like this epic match that means not that has no consequence. So it's like it went like multiple segments. There was no reason besides they just came out and started fighting each other. I didn't get it. Um, and then to do this giant long match, and then uh, Elias just comes out and smashes Jeff Hardy. But uh, so it's really like this match. It's building up to Elias, I uh, guess, in a feud with Jeff Hardy. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Elias. Walk with Elias. He's another guy I think was really they really missed the boat on. Um, to me, this guy could have been top top card guy. Uh, Elias to Raw, Sami Zayn to SmackDown or stays on SmackDown. Uh, Lacey Evans to Raw. Lacey Evans, drop this gimmick. When is the last time someone was a Southern Belle? What is that from? Like the the Civil War? Who uses the terms uh, Southern Bell? This is like something people talked about in the 1800s. And her, her real story is much more compelling. She fought in the war. She has a family. The real character is a much more interesting character than the fake Southern Bell from the 1800s. Just you, you told her real story. Why is she this person? Why is she a former uh, military person as a family and then pretend she's, you know, the Southern Belle from the 1800s on TV? It makes no sense. And the, her actual character, her actual story is a, is a gimmick, even though it's real, but it's an actual character that people can relate to and get behind. So why make this fake thing? It makes no sense. Just it, Lacey Evans as Lacey Evans would, would be something. Uh, Cesaro Nakamura, they can be they can be together. I guess they go to SmackDown or stay on SmackDown. Sheamus to Raw. Sheamus got a new look. He's got like a hat. He looks like like a like he's a hooligan or something. I kind of like it. I like it. Um. Oh, we had uh, Lana and Natty versus uh, Dana and Mandy, and the camera showed uh, Mandy and Dana, even though they said Lana and or, or, anyway, they, they showed the same team both times. I guess they didn't. They're like, I don't know. It's the two blondes. We don't know. This match was a shits. Again, I'm a fan of women's wrestling currently, but this was not a good example. Uh, Hurt Business, I am a fan of. Hurt Business is money gimmick. Uh, always been a fan of MVP, Shelton Benjamin. I've not been a big fan of Lashley, but he he's good in this gimmick. Um, Ricochet, who I, I think is good, not a great talker. Uh, basically says, um, let's do this one last match. If I win, this is it. We stop this feud. You guys leave me alone. If you guys beat me, I will join the hurt business. I like, Oh, it's good. It's good. Um, and then this really like, uh, cold match is Garza versus Andrade. Cause as far as I could tell, they're both heels. Um, the last I saw, they were tag team for like ever, and now they're fighting. And then you have Zelina Vega on uh, commentary, and she doesn't like either guy. I didn't understand what was going. I didn't understand this at all. You have three people who don't want anything to do with each other. Don't. What is the point? And again, Zelina Vega's a, a great manager, a great mouthpiece for either of these guys. 
uh, why do they? It really reminds me of the of the nineties when the, all the women had to be wrestlers, like in late, you know, kind of a Vince Russo thing where all the women had to be wrestlers. And um, some people are, are, you know, should just be manager. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Lana and and Zelina. I do think Zelina Vega is better than, than Lana in the ring, but um, I think both are are more useful as managers. Uh, Angel Garza won. Uh, the lights go out and Alexa Bliss, she's now there and she's a creep or something. I didn't understand. Her Her and um, The Fiend, they're referred to as the Twisted Union. Uh, so then we had uh, Nikki Cross goes to Raw. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode to SmackDown. Our truth to Raw. Apollo Crews to SmackDown. He seems does he get drafted every time they have a draft? I think Paulo Cruz, and then Dabacado Dabacado went to Raw. That's a bad name, Dabacado. Xavier and Kofi versus uh, Rude and Dolph Ziggler uh, with the fake uh, New Day rocks chant. Uh, very good matchup. I'm a fan of both teams. It's weird they just they put put Dolph and Ziggler together for the first time. They get a title match in their first match and lose in their first all in their first match. You had like you had like three months of story in one match. Uh, Elias promo. I'm a big fan of Elias. This match. Uh, so we had hurt business versus Ricochet. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, I don't know why Ricochet was wrestling with a chain around his neck. Probably doesn't seem too smart. Uh, really, just an exciting match. I really uh, dug this. And uh, I thought that the finish was cute. The finish was cute. So they, uh, I believe it was kind of an Eddie Guerrero kind of finish. Uh, through the MVP throws the chair in um, to Ricochet to get the victory. Ricochet then uh, pretends that he got hit in the head, which results in the DQ when the ref turns around. It was, it was cute. I liked it. All right. So then we went to the, at this point, when, when they come back to the, uh, to the draft, and they announced Titus O'Neil. I'm just like, come on, guys. Are we literally going to go over the entire roster? Do we really need to know that Titus O'Neil was drafted draw? When's the last time Titus O'Neil's done anything? Never mind anything. Oh, I don't think he's ever done anything. It's over. But when's the last time he's done anything? Why would we need to know he's on, he's been moved to Raw? And then Carmella to SmackDown... Uh, I don't want to say this because she got mad on Twitter. People saying stuff, but she does look like someone when I, when I've seen the show botched, like the women that are addicted to, to, uh, plastic surgery, uh, Peyton Royce to raw, uh, Alistair black to SmackDown. He was like the, the one name here. And then Tazawa to raw. Does Tazawa wrestle? I know he's got ninjas or something. I don't know. Jeez. I thought they could poor Alistair Black. He's in this list of just horrendous people. Uh, then we had the Women's Battle Royal. And this was like in multiple segments again. And do they really, couldn't they plan this, plan this stuff out a little bit so you see most of the Battle Royal without, you know, going to breaks? I like Battle Royals. But anyway, inexplicably won by Lana. 
come on. Are they just trying to troll the audience? They have like all these talented women and they're trying to push Lana as a single star. Good Lord. Uh, RKO uh, and Drew, then uh, you have their battle to finish the show. Uh, not as bad as as I expected, probably, but not particularly good. This I went over the the draft stuff was eh, not good. The mat, most of the matches were good. Uh, Hurt business and Ricochet was good. Um, Xavier and Kofi and Rude and Dolph were good. Garza and Andrade, I just wasn't really into interested. I guess there was it was kind of a mix of like some uh, good matches and some pretty poor stuff, but some really good stuff though. Um, I mean, I'll I'll give it a shot again. A non um, a non draft show is going to be a better example of what's actually happening on the show. I guess these drafts on this. So and then they said that they're going to announce more people on the website for the draft. Like, wouldn't Titus O'Neil been one of those guys? Like, why would they even bother mentioning? Titus O'Neill and Tazawa and Peyton Royce are going somewhere. So what happened to the other? Did the other woman with uh, the Iconics, did she get drafted? Are they just telling you we only care about Peyton Royce? Uh, let's see. Up to 50% off uh, shirts and stuff, by the way. Uh, let's see. Where is the, is there, oh, here we go. See all the results in the draft. I'm going to www.com. I'll get all everyone's name. I didn't, all right, so. <sighs> Round one, The Fiend. Yeah, we saw this stuff. Uh, Smackdown. So I didn't see SmackDown. So on SmackDown, uh, Drew McIntyre went to Raw. Uh, Roman Reigns went to SmackDown. So the two champs, they split. at least they're trying to make sense. We, we draft the champs first, but I mean, come on. Like you don't want to draft the whole show. It's, it seems so silly. Uh, women's champ, Asuka to Raw. SmackDown got Seth Rollins. So I guess that's a pretty big, you know, jump. Uh, Raw got see, so Raw gets uh, all the hurt business. So that they got Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and MVP. That's one, two, three, four guys. That's fine. But New Day is, I mean, I'm not saying you can't split up New Day, but stuff doesn't make any logical sense. Uh, round two, AJ Styles to Raw, SmackDown, Sasha Banks. So she stays on SmackDown. Uh, Raga Naomi. Interesting. Did they split up uh, the Usos? I mean, did she split up her husband? Split up the husband? That's weird. SmackDown, Bianca Belair, I guess, is moving to the main show. Uh, Raw got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the uh, women's tag champs. Raw kept Ricochet. SmackDown got Jey Uso. So I guess they split up the Usos. Rob, Mandy Rose, SmackDown, Dominic, and Ray. So, so you know, uh, father and son, they have to stay together. There's no rhyme or reason to this. Um, Raw, The Miz, and, and John Morrison. So I guess the other uh, Russo didn't even get drafted. Weird. 
Uh, Raw, SmackDown, Tag Champs, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, B, E to SmackDown, Raw got Dana Brooke. Like they would, like you would pick Dana Brooke that early in the SmackDown, Mr. Money in the Bank, Otis, uh, Raw and Angel Garza, Raw got, uh, Humberto Carrillo. Why didn't they just say we want all the Mexicans? Uh, SmackDown got, oh, Murphy. Oh, yeah, because he's going with, uh, so they're going to continue the Murphy and Seth Rollins uh, thing. Raw got Tucker. So they actually split up Otis and Tucker. I do not see, uh, I don't see anything in the future for Mr. Tucker. Uh, that's sad. Poor Tucker. SmackDown got Kalisto. So they split them up too. And Raw got Drew uh, Goulash. It's uh, Jerry Fatetto. We're very excited. Uh, did they not? Do they have uh, everyone else? Oh, here we go. We do have a couple um, network exclusives. I guess they just announced them today. Or, yeah, today. Yesterday, I guess. Uh, no, today. Raw got so breaking news. Raw got Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado. So where did the other guy did I say go? Kalisto went to so Kalisto they're splitting up. Kalisto they're trying to make the single star. He's gonna be the HBK of the Lucha House Party. He's on SmackDown. And Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado to Raw. And here's uh, some shocking news. Shorty G was drafted to SmackDown. That's right. The Tony Short. The Shorty G. Huh. Man, this guy's asking about Tony Gria. That was on those. We had almost a two hour interview, buddy. All right. I'm going to get to these questions for uh, me. Anything that's uh, referring to the Inch Man, we'll just ask uh, next week. I'm asking my buddy, my pal, my amigo, Aloub. My boy, Aloub. That's what Intra calls him. Uh, Aloub, can you please um, archive uh, the questions for Intra and we'll save them for next week? Maybe not. There's 70. I don't know. Well, we'll, 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 we'll ask as many as these as I can. Let's get to these. Sorry, I'm not taking uh, calls. Uh, I'm having you know, some technical issues with the show tonight. So, but we'll be back to normal. Um, I might be doing a live uh, show tomorrow night too. All right. Vic Schiavone after following AEW done. Vic Schiavone. Do you think Asuka will keep the streak alive by putting Lana through a table next week on raw? Sure. Dobbs. Can we convince Lexar to join Facebook and the In Your Head page? Do it up, Lexar! John Barker. Incher, if Jack said he got a new co-host joining and it was your... Uh, we'll wait till next week. I hear something moving. I hope there's not an animal down here. Uh, Stephen Logan, the worst in your head guest of all time. Interesting. Uh, white trash, Johnny Webb, the pits best festival or convention attended. Uh, I mean, we always had fun at the, um, 
at you know fan fest i mean the guy ran it's a, a scumbag but we uh we have a lot of great memories and met a lot of great people at him so i have to say fan fest as far as uh horror stuff uh yeah it's more of a without your head question so tune in to without your head uh we just did a, a live without your head earlier today and uh thursday they'll be live without here i'm not sure who the guest will be at. um oh joe bob Briggs will actually be on next week uh best wrestling shows attended um Really, any uh, honestly, AEW show I went to uh, this year in Chicago. I think AEW put on the best last show I've ever been to. Steven Butler, do you think Nia Jax hitting the Samoan drop on Lana should be a weekly segment of Monday Night Raw? Tyler Stevens, can Jack get a new animal for the basement? I just heard something. Maybe I did. Al do you believe Braun when he says he's only shooting up B12? Yeah, so there was, there was this uh, Braun uh, posted uh, on Instagram a picture, and um, there was a syringe on the uh, on like the uh, the sink, and he was like, "Oh, that's because I shoot up B12." Now it's possible. I'm not I'm not claiming he does anything, but you should probably look out for that stuff. If you're taking selfies, you don't want to have like a uh, direct, direct paraphernalia in yourself. Um, Tommy DeLuca. What's your favorite band of all time and your favorite album? I mean, when I was uh, in high school, my favorite band was, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, and my favorite album was uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Danny Wagner, would interest shoot Al Ulb? We'll find out next week. Uh, da, 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 da. Man, a lot of questions for interest. No one gives a shit about me, apparently. Oh, man. Uh, a lot of these are, are either for intro or for us, not just for intro. I'm, I'm just messing around. Uh, could you find a way to let me down slowly? A little sympathy. I hope you can show me. I always feel bad for dubs. Owl, what is your favorite Chef Boyardee product? That would be nothing. That might be more of an intro question. Uh, Tyler, is Randy Travis a better singer than George Jones? Uh, fuck do I know? Who's a better tag team, Our Truth and Goldust, or Booker T and Goldust? Interesting. Uh, Booker T and Goldust, I think. Uh, if you got selected to be on the Prices Right, what game would you want to play? And you can't say Plinko. Um, a dice game, maybe. Who is more lazy, Jason Mitten or Entry's Young Boy? Well, I mean, apparently you don't even know the guy's name. I mean, Entry's Young Boy is just like a putz. Uh, Tyler Stevens, do you like pumpkin pie? Yeah, I like pumpkin pie. Uh, Owl, would you be would you be friends with a proud boy? Nope, I don't know. Uh, Tyler Stevens, uh, he's not here. What wrestler would you base a cereal on and what kind of cereal would it be? Interesting. Well, we'll do the Undertaker since I got the uh the sweater on. 
something purple. So chocolate for the black and eggplant for the purple. That'd be some delicious uh, cereal, eggplant. I mean, we got plenty of fruit cereals. We don't have an eggplant and chocolate cereal. Eggplant and black coffee. There we go. Uh, Defios. Or just the bong. Boom. I don't know how you name something the bong, but. Uh, Dobbs, is it so hard to be loved? What are your thoughts on sacred geometry? I don't even know what that is. Who would win in a foot race? The late, great John Tenta or Lazy Bones Jason Mitten? I think, you know, John Tenta probably even now. All right. Ten questions from Nikhil. I didn't know about this. I'm sorry, but Michael says I meant to ask Tony about the backstage fight that Slaughter said happened between Sheik and him allegedly. But sorry, you're too late. But thank you. That would have been a good question. Thoughts on the latest Jericho Cornette Twitter war? I think it's two uh, older dudes fighting on Twitter. Seems kind of dumb. But. If I'm going to side with, I, I mean, I love AEW, honestly. I, I think Jericho's doing great stuff. I don't agree that he's just there for money or that he doesn't. I, and I don't even see how, if you watch a show, how you could say he doesn't try or doesn't enjoy himself. Looks like he's having a great time, and uh, he's really putting – if you don't like it, I mean, that's your that's your own thing. But to say, like, he's not trying and stuff or doesn't care about it, I think is really just dumb. Um. I'm sure Cornette doesn't like the show, but it's like to, to like this weird degree. And uh, I mean, I just don't enjoy listening to him talk about it, so I, I, I try to avoid it. I uh, I like it, and that's all I care about. Thoughts on and it's just it's this really mean spirited like personal vendetta against AW that's just strange to me. It's like if you don't like it, that's fine, but. I mean, everything that any one of those guys do is just like the shit's dim, and it just gets kind of silly. Um, thoughts on the New Day and Street Profits just swapping titles? Yeah, I mentioned it's just kind of lazy, and it's, it seems like they do it every every draft. With Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on SmackDown, surely they'll be a tag team now. I think they could never fight again. Uh, I, I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are always money together, so I, I'm good with it. And Sami Zayn right now, is, I think, is doing the best stuff he's ever done. Which belts will change hands tomorrow on the Dynamite special? Every belt is on the line. Um, I don't think they'll change the uh, TNT belt because they just changed it. Uh, although I do think it's a mistake to have Orange Cassidy lose twice in a row. Um, I'd do a schmaz for that one. Um, maybe, maybe I could see Moxie losing them. Who's Moxie even fighting? Maybe Moxie could drop the title. Maybe the women's title. I don't see the, the tag belts being dropped. It would be good, though. Uh, isn't it best friends? I, I actually think uh, they have a lot of momentum coming off the uh, street fight. And I don't think anyone expects it. I think you could do a uh, a title change and then continue the feud and maybe have the title swap again, you know, down the road. Something that doesn't really happen too much. I know the title swap, but they don't swap so much back and forth between the same teams. Why not? Do it up. 
Does Dynamite have similarities to WCB Nitro? And if so, what are they? I mean, I've enjoyed both shows. I think you get a different style. Um, you also get some different types of things going on. I like it. And you get Tony Schiavone. Better use of the uh, legends, I think. What will MGF's big announcement be tomorrow? I think, I don't know what it'll be tomorrow, but I think eventually he's going to uh, be the new leader of uh, of the um, inner circle, and I think Jericho will have a, a babyface run, which I think would be good. Uh, let's see. Did anyone ask Tony about Montreal Screwjob? No, we didn't. But that would have been a good question. Oh, uh, let's see. Favorite Eddie Guerrero match? Probably something against... Uh, I remember he just had some awesome stuff in WCW. I think probably really did have a really good match with Benoit, I think, in WCW. Um... With Florida potentially opening up, do you think WrestleMania be held in a full uh, full capacity? I, I'm, I think things would have to really. I don't see things uh, being that level by next early next year. Uh, any thoughts on WWE's latest draft? I just you know went over it, but it's a good question. What the heck? What? Has the Hell in the Cell concept been killed now? I think it's a mistake to have an annual Hell in the Cell that it's like a date um, because it should be the culmination of a feud, which, you know, right now I think they probably did a good job with that, but some years it's clear. Like we just, we, we may, we're having, it's coming up. We have to have two matches in the hell in the cell and uh, you know, men and a women's match. And it's kind of, it seems for us. So it shouldn't be something you, uh, you have every year. Cause then it's like, we have to put a match in here. It should be uh, a natural uh, blow-off to a feud. That's my opinion. Who is the spiritual leader of the world? Do do not give in to the Antichrist when he appears. Wow. I think me. I think I, you know, I'm doing a good job here being the spiritual leader to, uh, to the head of yours. Did you know that a million years ago, people from Mars came to Earth? You know, it used to be fun when, like, that was a kind of, like, uh, those were the um, conspiracy theories and only, like, you know, wackos believed it. You could have fun with it. But now, like, like when, like, half the country believes in, like, just the most bad shit crazy uh, conspiracy theories and, like, it's actually, like, legit dangerous. It's not so fun anymore. Al do you think the Iron Sheik has humbled and humbles others in a vicious cycle of his trauma. Whoa, some deep stuff. Yes, I do think that. Can you guys get Tazo, Lexar, and Juju uh, for a Zoom roundtable on women's wrestling? Uh, probably not. Uh, Alub, who would you rather go to a strip club with, Lexar or the Songman? Huh. We'd get a bunch of, uh, of songs by the Songman. That would probably be fun. Uh, Lexar, I think, would be fun until we get arrested or kicked out. Owl. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Would you rather watch Coach or Saved by the Bell? Coach. I mean, I actually did. I have watched Coach. I've never watched Saved by the Bell. I'm not putting it down. I've just never watched it, but I have no interest in ever watching it. Uh, is Big Swole the most dominant thing going today? Oh, she's very bad. Uh, would you rather uh, Would you rather enter a shoot Hell in a Cell match with 90s Ken Shamrock or spend two months traveling your rural America in a Winnebago with Nyla Rose? I think that would be fun, traveling around. Let's go in the Winnebago. That sounds fun. Much better than getting the hell beat out of me. Tyler Stevens, how much Raw did Jack Annesley watch? Every second of it. Uh, have you ever felt unwanted by your radio, uh, by your auto soulmate? All the time. He clearly doesn't give a shit about me. Uh, Marty Van Buren, fuck, Mary kill. Hikaru, Sheeta, Thunder Rosa, and Brandy Rhodes. Oh, Tyler Steven. Uh, if Intra quit the show for real, who would your contestants be for heady idol for interest spot interest? So um, I think probably Jason Mitten, the headless critic, and the bearded incher would probably have to vie to become the new uh, the new incher. Uh, Marty, what would you do with Sunny Kiss? I push him. I think he's just he's got a lot of star potentials. Very charismatic. I think he's good in the ring too, but very he's a star. Star power to him. Uh, Mar Frank O'Brien. Some I think uh, they should have done more with him after the um, Cody match because he showed a lot from some. Uh, Frank O'Brien. Some people will give you the shirt off their back. Jack takes your shirt and sells it. I didn't take someone's shirt. Uh, it was given to me, and and then I sold it. Enjoy it. Marty, do you ever wonder what kind of merchandise is on clearance sale at Impact Wrestling these days? I do. Maybe I'll go look that up after. And they made, I wonder if they stole the Jeff Jarrett guitar. Uh, Marty Van Buren, should Vampiro have been bigger in the U.S.? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm a fan. You can win this on Without Your Head. It's the Vampiro documentary. Uh... My weight loss secret. I think I've been over this a lot, but thank you for the interest. Uh, favorite video games or tabletop? Um, Super Metroid, the Zelda car, uh, Zelda tabletop game. Warhammer is cool. Uh, do you follow New Japan Pro Wrestling? I haven't. I do not. Uh, thoughts on EC3's recent work? Uh, I haven't seen him since he left. Uh, should Sting versus Taker have been booked? Yes. Definitely. Uh, thoughts on Halloween Havoc name returning for NXT? I, I love it. Uh, I, I love the Halloween Havoc name. I'd like to see it back. I'd like to see it in AEW because, you know, it's it's uh, Dusty's thing. But, yeah, I'm glad it's being used somewhere. Thoughts on the ICW? Is that internet? Championship wrestling? Oh, Schlack versus I don't I don't I don't know who the Schlack guy is. I know people are posting about Schlack versus Ming. I don't know what it is. Uh thoughts on WWE trademarking live wire name. Hmm. Pointless. 
who the hell cares? So Joe and Joey Ryan now is suing Impact. It's really crazy because apparently in his contract, he had it put in that they can't fire him for anything he did previously. Now, why would someone put that in their contract unless they knew they did some shady stuff before going to the company? Also, if you're gonna if you're going to sue three of like the seventeen people accusing you of stuff, you're basically saying the other people are telling the truth. A lot of good stuff here. Thanks, guys, for sending in stuff. Well, anything we missed, uh, we'll go over um, next week. Uh, I'm gonna go quick, and I'll go here since they mentioned it. Impact Wrestling. Check out the uh, uh, shop. Apparently, they have a pro wrestling tea site now. That's probably smart. Instead of you know having all the um, all that merchandise and stock themselves. Wow, they get some ugly bound for glory shirts. Whew, bound for glory. Uh, who are I? All their shirts look very much the same. Not the greatest looking stuff. Let's see the sale. Sale stuff. Uh, Cross, Killer Cross tee for twelve fifty. You can get a t-shirt combo bag. Um, I'm not sure what you get in this. Is like used to be the brown bag special, I guess. Hot damn. You can get two shirts for eight bucks a piece. Three shirts. Anyway, you can get up to ten shirts, six bucks a piece. That's a really good deal, though. Damn. Six bucks. You can buy, you know, you get all different. $60 for ten shirts. That's fun. That'd be fun. Someone want to buy me that uh, large or medium? Neil Jones, 2 Campbell Street, Sandwich Mass, 02563. I'll open them here live on the show. LAX shirts. A lot of LAX shirts. They're pretty nice. Johnny Impact shirts are on clearance. Eli Drake. Brian Cage. Uh, not a lot of stuff. And it's not it used to be like stuff would be a buck. Now it's like $12.50. But uh, honestly, that's a, that's a good deal to buy all those shirts for uh, six bucks a piece. All right. Question. I'm a huge fan of the boogeyman. Any good merch uh, ideas? Great question. Um, I'll wait till next week when Intra's back. Uh, we hope Intra's uh, feeling better. I, th I think he has explosive diarrhea or something. Um, he's pooping his pants. But so I hope he's uh, doing better. And uh, he'll be on. He'll be back next week. He's all better by then, you know, and all cleaned up. All right, guys, I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Thanks, Tony Gurria. Sorry for the interruptions. Now everything seems fine. We just were waiting. But what can you do? I don't control the storms. I don't call, control the weather. I'm just the man here talking about wrestling. Even if I barely watch it. But anyway, AWM Dynamite tomorrow night. Uh, check back live after AEW Dynamite. I will be here on YouTube, and I will review AEW Dynamite on the return of the Jackie Jones Show. That'll be fun.
Um, if you're into horror movies, check out Without Your Head on YouTube and the withoutyourhead.com. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me, lots of cool interviews up there. We just did one earlier today with uh, the, the creators and the cast of Psycho Ape. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be on this week, but it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll have a live show Thursday night. And next week, uh, apparently, Joe Bob Riggs is going to be joining us. And Sandy Johnson from the original Halloween. All right, guys. I'm out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody. Awesome interview with Tony Gria. Thank you. Love for all from Bruce. Thank you. Best wishes for the Inchman. Thank you. Uh, you're all good people. And don't forget, every week, if you would like one, donate through the um, Super Chats here, or you can PayPal 10 bucks or more, and I'll send you an autographed photo of Jackie Jones. That's right. I'm going to go through the uh, the history of pictures of Jack, print a bunch out. Each one will probably be different. I'll sign it. I'll, uh, I'll put it to you, send it in the mail. Boom. You'll help, uh, you help pay for the expenses here and with on In Your Head, and uh, it'll be good. All right, till next week, or until tomorrow, I'll see you guys. Bye. Andre the Giant. Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, no, no. Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink, 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 and a fight, fight, fight. Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, 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 Andre could drink, and he could fight, drink, 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 and a fight, fight, fight. Andre the Giant. Andre was big, yeah, 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 it was not small, no, 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 Andre was great, he was not bad, a great big heart and a great big man. Andre was big, yeah, 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 it was not small, no, no, no. Andre could drink, and he could fight Drink, 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 and a fight, fight, fight Andre the Giant From Grenoble, France